The following may contain language which will be offensive to some people and inappropriate for children. The topics discussed may include drugs, alcohol or be sexual in nature. This show is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. I'm serious. It's dirty. Really, really dirty. Still here? Then pour your favourite beverage, sit back and let's get this fucking show started. Before I get the keys, we're just coming in and coming for the music. Tony. What is his name, Tony? He's about to be Tony. Lois can never have Superman's baby. Ah, yes. Incredible Hulk melon body. Ah! 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 Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh no, you wanted to play little dude instead. Aquaman's a hero! Let me see what Spider-Man number one looks like. I guarantee you, Blake's low, Thank you, Trisha. We now return you to Robin, Boy Wonder. The only way to bang regular chicks is with a kryptonite condom. That was John. Fantastic Forum, assemble! You're listening to Fantastic Forum, the premier show about comic books and your weekly conversation about pop culture and the entertainment industry. We are the Fantastic Forum, coming to you live and direct from the Fantastic Forum Studios, Los Angeles. Hope you have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, or night, as the case may be, depending on where you are in the world. And if you're not, you should stick with us. We'll help you take it up a notch. You have the usual suspects in the building. On Skype, he is our intrepid senior reporter. He's next in line for the cowl. He is our resident Dark Knight detective. It's Oz. I probably should have been ready to unmute. (laughs) Indeed, friend. It's okay. You'll work on it. You'll work on it. Next, he's our riddle inside of an enigma trapped in Chinese finger cuffs. You don't know him. You love him anyway. He's our silent assassin. It's detective, it's Oz. Hey, Jay. Jay, are you playing the show on top of the show? Yes, apparently. Yeah. No, you should not do that. Or at least mute it if you're going to do that. <laughs> I didn't try to be in chat, so I'm not mad at that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next, he's the backbone, the pillar, the strength of Fantastic Forum. He's our nigh invulnerable brawler and resident strongman, Moses Magnum. It feels good to be on a Comic Con panel. <laughs> I, I love that. It's so it's so on time. It's so timely. Like I don't even know if, if folks have even started watching Comic Con at home yet. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. As for myself, my name is Lawrence Young. They call me Mary Young. Welcome to Fantastic Forum. We got a great show for you today. Uh, We're going to be talking to you all about The Old Guard, uh, the Netflix show. We meant to do it last week. We didn't get to it, so stick with us. We'll talk about The Old Guard this week, definitely. 
We're also going to be talking to you all about uh, Empire, Marvel's new event, Empire, number one. So we're going to talk about that today. Uh, we're going to talk about Comic-Con at home and uh, what you can expect and what it is that we've seen already at Comic-Con uh, or for Comic-Con 2020. And we'll even get into some news. So we got all of that, including whatever else it is that you all want to talk about. But before we do that, we want to make sure that we thank Scott Rubin, who, without his exist his existence, without his encouragement, this show would not be possible. So thank you, Scott Rubin. We appreciate you, good sir. Uh, yeah. So, uh, gents, how are you all maintaining? How's everybody feeling? Yeah, I have to go work in the street. I did. I did see that. Where, like, you know, I know that they were talking about um, barbers and hairstylists potentially having to work outside in order to continue to do business, and and there were a number of people in the industry that were, you know, like trying to champion that effort because they were like, "Hey, it's unfair." They're like, "If restaurants can do their thing outside, we as a uh, hair care professional should be able to do the same," and. Uh, I, I understand that. Uh, like, it makes sense from a purely theoretical standpoint, but from a practical standpoint, geez, man, how how tough is that going to be? Like, not not. Only, I, well, let me ask you this question, Mo, because I, I am curious. Just because you know you are a barber, you've been doing this for a little while now. I know that there are particular challenges to you because of your shop, but just in general, first, how how is how difficult will that be just in general? Well, I have worked outside in the past, which is illegal. <laughs> That's like when you were doing like your uh, community service type stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was cutting hair for charity. And mm -hmm. that, that was, you know, I was a risk I was taking because it was a fine back then. Mm -hmm. It's still a fine, technically. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they I've been, I guess now I could say victim of the state board of barbers and cosmetologists <laughs> because they come and they find imperfections or uncleanliness and they'll fine you 250 bucks for it if it's like a third time. I think it starts at like 100 and that's they, it was a fine to have dirt on your floor at any given moment and all of a sudden Dirt on the floor means nothing. All those fines that they give you, <laughs> all that education we took to get licensed in working in a place that could prevent infection, injury, and spread of disease. Right. It means nothing now. Uh, arbitrary. It's all, it's been arbitrary. Yeah. People actually getting a license to be able to do this job. Again, now it's totally arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it devalues the perception of what we do. You know, it's 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 wild. Just because I, you know, on one hand, I definitely understand the people that were trying to to forward this movement. At the same time, it's one of those things where, just like anything else, I guess, but it's like it doesn't take everybody into account. Because, like for instance, your shop. Which, you know, you got a strong customer base that is ready and waiting for you to reopen. Mm -hmm. Like, you doing your thing outside 
is pretty impractical for you and your shop, right? Well, we don't have a place to do it outside. Right, like you got the front sidewalk, and there's no parking lot in the back for you all. No. So it's like, where are you supposed to do, like that that basically, like they kind of penalize you for having a small shop. Right, so I technically can't go do it. Right. But how is it going to be when I still am asking for help due to these conditions. I can't work under these conditions physically. I mean, I would I would do it if I had the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But, so now it's like, are they going to hold me to that standard too? Like when it comes to unemployment or things like that? Right. You know? Are they going to be like, oh, well, you chose not to work? Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. It's a strange thing. And it's definitely like, don't get me wrong. It's like, it's people that have, that, that don't even realize that they have like that kind of privilege to be like, oh well, you know, they can we can just do it in our parking lot. Oh look, I know plenty. Like every barbershop I've ever gone to in the past, however many years. Like I think right now the shop I go to technically does have a parking lot. It's a shared parking lot, so I guarantee you that the other people that work or, or the other businesses that share that parking lot aren't going to just say like, oh yeah, it's fine. Take up all the spots for haircuts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not going to work out that way. Like, how many barbershops, at least, and again, I- I'm speaking from my own personal experience. All the barbershops I've gone to have been in the neighborhood. So it's like, you know, they're all like almost exclusively in like little, like, strip, strip mall type places or little strip shop. You know, like, it's not necessarily a strip mall. It might be like, like yours in Long Beach. It's, it's on the sidewalk. So it's a, a storefront, like regular storefront, but all the storefronts, like none of those, none of those storefronts have a parking lot. They all are storefronts, you know? And so it's just like, what are people in that situation supposed to do? And they just can't make money because they happen not to have a parking lot? I mean, that seems unfair. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I don't want to bore people with the minutiae. I mean, yeah. I can go on topic forever, but. Tiger Claws in chat. Uh, he has dirt on the floor. Don't you mean all the hair that you cut? I'm, the point I was trying to make is that they're strict about the cleanliness. You're going to have hair, mm-hmm. but if they find dirt or a spilled water, that's the fine. Even hair, if they find hair in your drawers, that's a fine. <laughs> you know? Jeez. If, they have, if you have like a comb in your smock pocket, like really yeah like i'm just saying don't get me wrong like if you have like a whole hair ball in your drawer i can understand that but not like it's not just any hair is it, it, it it's any hair like if but they it's like, find yeah you're a barber you can have hair on your hands i get, I get hair in my drawers now i know i'm not a barber <laughs> <laughs> you're just nasty oz you're just nasty but that's the thing. That's Maybe the I just got more testosterone now. Think about that. <laughs> but you know, that's 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 the barber life. Like we 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 know that that's how they tax us because you know they can't right. track us for our income. So they know right. that you know every six months or so you'll get a, a surprise inspection and you're gonna shell out five hundred bucks. Wow, that's interesting. On top of your license fee renewal. Right. But it, it makes sense, though. 
Then your independent contractor's license is another, what, like 300 bucks? And, yeah. Because Lord knows, it's like, yeah, I mean, technically speaking, like, you know, uh, uh, a barbershop can be an all-cash business if you want it to be. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's some people that do it different, but... Yeah, I'm, well, you know... You know. It, it, Depends on the dummies. The dummies. Taxes <laughs> <laughs> you want to pay, you know. <laughs> That's really yeah. it. Yeah. So, so yeah, it is Comic Con week. Yeah, um, man. I was reminiscing through our old videos here on this channel that you're watching. We got a lot. I'm gonna try to put them all in the playlist and do a, a Comic Con at home Fantastic Forum. And it's just a playlist of all our old convention footage. And then we have unsaw yeah, footage. I'm, I'm working on that. Sorry. No, it's cool. We have other footage that we've never posted anywhere. Oh, yeah? So that will be coming this weekend, too. So, oh, jeez. Right. We got exclusives I didn't even know about. I'm not mad at that. Um, Comic-Con special, spectacular. Excelsior. <laughs> Excelsior. <laughs> It's like you you asked for Comic Con at home. Well, here it is, Fred. Here it is. Um, so Mo, you've gotten the chance to to check out some of these panels, huh? Yeah, I watched one. Uh, I forget the name, but it was called uh, something the the threat of masks or something. Watchmen and masks in society. Uh. Yeah, I know that, you know, I I tuned into it um, real quick, like, or I should say, like, for, I mean, for a real quick second, and initially, I was like, what are they talking about? I was like, because, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that what they were talking about wasn't important, it was definitely very important, and it was even timely, it just didn't seem like, because I come in at the in the middle of the conversation, it didn't seem like it was relevant to comics. Like, if I had walked into that yeah. panel, I would have been sitting there like, why did this happen at Comic-Con? <laughs> like, Com Comic-Con is super woke. <laughs> <laughs> so it's called Geek Ed, because I guess it's a uh, Geek Ed is a type of uh, you know, website or outlet to do content like we do. Mm -hmm. And it's called Geek Ed Colon Watchmen Cruelty of Masks. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it was very, it touched upon race relations, it touched upon uh, masks in society and how they, why a mask has become something that people use, whether they're villains or heroes, you know? Right. Like it, it, to conceal your, your identity, but the deeper more uh, sociological aspect of it, and mm -hmm. it, they, they touch upon, you know, the KKK, like, one of the guys said, hey, like, to me, a mask is Batman, but in the real world, a mask is more like the KKK, you know, and, you, you, you know, Batman puts on a mask to go fight injustice, and then that's exactly what, what the KKK says they're doing, you know, like, they put on a mask and fight for what's right, Yeah. That's true. They do say that, and that that that's kind of the the thing they got. Now they weren't the most riveting people around, 
and I was only half listening, but I watched it because it, you know it's Comic Con panel. Yeah. So. It's a Wednesday Comic Con panel, though. Yeah, Wednesday. <laughs> no, normally there are not even any panels on Wednesday, right? It's usually just preview night. Is Dan Didio going to do that DC You're panel dumb. that he does at Comic Con? Listen, you know oh, Dan Didio does not work for DC anymore. Why are you saying this? He can still do it. No, he can't. Why not? You can't show up and be like, I'm doing a panel for the company that fired me. You can't do that. Not at Comic Con. Like, not at the industry event. Like, maybe you could do it somewhere else. <laughs> Dan Didio's like, hey, if y'all want me to do a panel, I'll talk about what DC's doing. Yeah. He's I'll like, He's like, let me tell you why the 5G event would have been the best thing that ever happened in the history of comics and why DC is about to go under because they won't do it. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think DC or Dan would do that to themselves, but maybe they would. I don't know. Who knows how petty either one of them are 100%, you know? I think petty is like just almost you know, you need to be petty to survive in this 2020 world. <laughs> Pet, pettiness, pettiness will get you the presidency. <laughs> yeah, it's the required, it's re- the required skill. Uh, hey, I look. I don't even know. I, I don't know how much I can argue with that in this day and age. But we'll see. But no, Dan DeDio is not. I mean, DC's doing a panel still. I don't think Dan DeDio is going to be there. I think he'll be there cosplaying, and then when they say, we have five minutes of questions, he's going to run up, and then, ha-ha, I'm going to ask the real question. What if what if it was, like, Dan DiDio in, like, a Dan DiDio mask? And then he pulls off the mask and says, it's actually me, Dan DiDio. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh. <laughs> now they have to let him ask a question. That's going to be but, great. But there's no questions. Damn, there's no uh, questions. Huh? Yeah. Oh, that's another thing because it's Comic Con at home and they're not live. That was my big criticism about this Watchmen. I I and, thought they were going to be live too. I didn't realize that they were going to be like they're all pre-recorded, huh? All of them are pre-recorded. Even the good one, the one I saw after. So um, then, so then, why do they have? Why do they come out at at specific times then? I guess they're giving you that feeling of having a schedule, maybe a program. They weren't even letting you print your own badges for Comic Con at home. Really? And, yeah, that was stupid. And I was trying to. <laughs> I'm like trying to get it, but I'm like I'm trying to register as press, and they still didn't give it to me. Wait, they didn't let you have a Comic Con at home press badge? <laughs> no, they didn't. Like I'm like. We're not sure you deserve that kind of access. <laughs> it's like to my house. They managed to fuck me even at Comic Con at home. That's hilarious. I'm sorry, man. I don't even know what to say to that. I don't know why they were like. They're like. So you want to go like into the kitchen and the bathroom? I don't know. <laughs> Wait. So I have a question. Okay. Why are the three of you on camera wearing your Comic Con badges? I didn't print it out. I I mean I, I why would I print out a Comic Con badge 
to wear in my house? Like, what kind of person do you think I am? Because it's, it's the Comic Con special. Listen, yeah. listen. You got to be wearing your Comic Con badges. And like I, we would in a, in a normal kind of concert. I don't. Well, well. Here's the thing, Oz, and and I don't want to discredit or feel like I'm trying to. Dis, I don't want anyone to feel like I'm disparaging any of you who happen to be listening to us. If you went and printed a Comic Con badge and you're wearing it at the house while you're watching Comic Con uh, uh, panels, I'm not mad at you. I'm not. I'm not saying. Like I'm not trying to say that you should not be doing that what i am saying is this i if when we're doing this show on the eve of comic-con i wouldn't be wearing my badge when i actually go to comic-con i hate wearing that badge i don't like wearing it around my neck like and it's not about comic-con in particular it's just like lanyards in general i don't like around my neck i usually like any anybody on fantastic forum here can tell you I usually wear them basically around my waist, like, you know, like I, I loop it around my belt loops and, you know, like have it right just below my, uh, just below my belt and like flash it, you know, below. So I never have Comic-Con, WonderCon, uh, Long Beach Comic-Con, Anime Expo, very, like, I can't think of the last time I wore one of these badges around my neck. Because and you know, well, well, I, I understand your I understand your your need and desire to flash from below your belt. I get that, but I'm thinking for the show, you guys should be wearing your your badges, and models should have like a sharpie press on it, but it should look <laughs> like a little bit of eye tracker or something. The F like Franklin Richards F in this Empire <laughs> Left Room. Oh yeah, I'm not We'll I'm, get not to that I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it because I don't like wearing stuff around my neck anyway. And if I'm at home, why would I do that? So no. So no. It's just. It's just that simple. It's like I don't wear jewelry, and so I'm not gonna wear a lanyard either. Me neither. And you know, like honestly, like if I like, I can't wait for the day. Which I don't know that will ever come, but it would be awesome to be like to have facial recognition where I don't have to wear a badge and do things like that. And people are just like, "Oh no, that's Lawrence. You, you gotta let him through." Like that'd be awesome. Like, you don't want that, man. You don't want that. I mean, I'm not looking for it, but I don't. If it happened, I don't know. I would be mad because I'm not trying to be like super famous or anything. I'm just trying to be con famous. Like, con famous is enough for me, where I'm like, if people, like, because I can handle con goers coming up to us asking for things, like pictures or autographs or to talk. Like, you know, I can do that. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't wish that upon any of the rest of you, because I know the rest of you would annoy you all to all, to all ends. I'm not saying not I want to be the me. famous one and you all not be, because I think we should all be equally famous. However... I understand how annoying that would be for each of you three and how much like how easily you would become annoyed by that after like a convention like you you would think it was cool at the beginning by the third day you'd be like I'm over it 
And I'd be like, guys, like, they're our fans, and we should just appreciate the fact that they love us. And y'all would be like, dude, if they won't let me eat my fries, I'm going to punch the next one. And I would be like, dude, don't punch I don't them. Think, I don't think Lawrence knows us very well. Right, Mo? Yeah. Like, we're practically Instagram hoes. Listen, you, you, look, you say that now because you're not actually famous. You're not con-famous. I, I promise you, you, you are, why you all act like I don't know y'all? Y'all are fickle. You don't know me. Well, you got me. You got me. Well, I think you gave me a little too much credit. Like, less than the day. <laughs> I get annoyed. Like, I probably, listen. I, listen. I, hey, Jay, let's do duck face selfie. Listen, I don't even like us talking all sometimes. Yeah. I, I was giving all of y'all the benefit of the doubt right now, trying to make you all like sound better than you actually are. I promise you, like, like I I know this for a fact. I'm the only one of us that would still be happy about the fact that people are walking up to us at the end of a convention if that was happening all convention. And here's the thing, like I've been a part, like, like. You all know, like, I've been at Comic-Con with Nia Jeter when she was dressed as Storm. And when I tell you, like, when Nia, the first time she did that, she did that Storm costume at Comic-Con, we were getting stopped, I want to say, like, probably every 15 feet. And people wanted, like, hey, can we take a, can we take a picture? Can we take a picture? And look. Nia was done probably like after the fourth time, which Nia's much more like like she Nia is an introvert. Like she doesn't want that kind of attention. And I don't think she understood that she was gonna get that kind of attention. I knew I didn't say anything. I let it happen. <laughs> and then and she didn't wear that costume again that whole Comic Con. She was like, nope. Like she got stopped by everybody though. She got stopped by like Neil deGrasse Tyson. She got stopped by like like wow. it, no, we, we do. When I tell you, we got stopped by Neil deGrasse, huh? deGrasse Tyson. The Neil deGrasse Tyson one was different. She was Ohura. You're right. You're right. She was. Ohura. You're right. She was Ohura when she when was Neil deGrasse Tyson. You're right. That's my bad. Look, in fact, when she was when she was in the storm costume, MTV was like, "Dude, we we need you to come onto our show." And just talk up, you know, and, and Neil's like, no, I don't want to do that. And the, the producer was confused. She was like, what do you mean you don't want to do that? Like, you know, because she thought Neil was like these friggin' like, you know, cosplay girls. And it's like, yeah, no, nah, dude, like you don't understand. Like this young lady actually is a huge Storm fan and took all this time to make this costume herself because you can't get a Storm costume that looks like this. And she made it because she loves Storm. Like, this is all fandom. And guess what? She does not want any of this attention. She just wanted to represent Storm. Because she's like, she sees other people trying to do it, and she's just like, no, like, they don't do it. So I want to do it. And it's like, no, she, like, like, the funny thing is, Nia doesn't want to be on camera when she's not in costume. Like, you know, we live in LA. In LA, if you want to be on TV, it happens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, there are opportunities. Nia never wants to be on TV. She never wants to be in the background of pictures. She like Nia's like, please don't photograph. Like, there are parts of the city Nia doesn't even want to go to because they're like, oh well, you know, my coworkers hang out in that area of town. 
So I don't want to go there because if I go there, they might see me and I don't want them to see me outside of my professional sphere. Like, really? Like, no. And I wish I was joking. I'm not joking. So this is how Nia operates just in general life. So, you know, when, you know, she loves Storm, made the costume, went to Comic-Con because she's like, I can dress a Storm at Comic-Con, which is something I can't do almost anywhere else. You know, maybe like three other places that it'll be socially acceptable. And she was accosted, and she's like, damn. I, like, she's like, she thinks, she like rethinks it every time she tries to put it on because she loves the costume, but she doesn't like the attention. So, you know. But what I'm saying is, Nia's the worst when it comes to that, and you all are right behind her because you all don't appreciate people. I think if that, if that would have happened to me, the more, the more annoying part would be the part that I would not like. Is that they didn't want to take a picture with me? They're gonna to want to take a picture with you too, Oz. The problem you're gonna have is that there's not gonna be as many women as you would hope. It's gonna be guys, and they're gonna be fat and sweaty like you. Oh, damn, Jay! Why you say that? I mean, that's fine. <laughs> Jay, Jay, man, you need to calm down. What's wrong with you? <laughs> this guy. Every time he goes to Comic Con, he gets crazy. Right, right. He's com- he's at co- Comic Con at home. He go crazy for the next four days. He's out. He's on that popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> the other panel I watched was one called Conspiracy. Uh, let me see. I, I want to say. Oh, go ahead. No, go 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 for it. No, I was gonna say. I think it's called like Conspiracy Theories. No, I'm sorry. I was I thought I was gonna help you both, but I failed. Yeah, conspiracy, conspiracy theories and propaganda throughout pop culture, dude. And I like had that a more interesting, Yeah, and it's a bunch of educators that basically their goal as teachers is to kind of sharpen these kids' bullshit meter. Yeah, and right. The tools to do it, which is like one of the few teachers that like stays in my brain was the guy that he said. I'm going to teach you how to fix your bullshit meter. And he told me bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't didn't say BS. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm like, oh, I'm glad other teachers are like that now. And, you know, now with the internet, it's conspiracy theories going and becoming popular are, uh, are, are, is a threat, kind of, you know, because there's so much misinformation and so much shit that looks official. And, you know, you got to develop that, that bullshit meter. Um, but I'm not, yeah. sure, I'm not sure what it is that makes it so that people don't do that in this day and age, though, because it it seems like more access to information would make you question, yeah, things a little like or and not saying more access to information, but knowing that anyone can place information in a in a place would make you more skeptical. The problem is that our brains haven't evolved as fast as the technology for information has. So we still like what's familiar and what rings through to us and gives us that sense of security that something is in control. <laughs> yeah, that is not, nothing is just random. I hear so you. that people latch on. So what? As soon, believe me, if it was a conspiracy theory or a more altruism theory that would go against their personal values, whether it be social economics, political leanings, racism, whatever. Mm-hmm. No research for that one. 
Mm -hmm. The one that doesn't align with their belief system, they'll research that one. But the one that keeps their belief system as mm -hmm. a more comfortable space, right? That's the one they they don't bother research. They feel they don't need to. Somebody already did it for them. What what I really appreciated about this panel was that they definitely kept it pop culture and related yeah. it to comics, to TV, to movies, almost almost all exclusively in the comic space. Yeah. And then they still managed to like bring the educational factor into it at the end, where they were kind of like, and, and I should say the end because maybe it was like halfway through. But either way, it was good because they gave you what you would expect from a Comic Con panel when you're like, okay, well, we're talking about conspiracy theories in comics, or at least that's what people would think. Like, okay, pop culture, right. comics, or whatever. And they talked about things like, you know, uh, the infiltration of Shield and Hydra in the the television show and they even touched on it in the comics as well and they talked about like say um the dc superman theory with the idea that when superman showed up the government like started creating metas to you know like be able to combat what was happening or or to be able to kind of counterbalance the idea that superman was like his own thing in his own alien way or whatever and it was like it was it was a, a really interesting and cool panel because it had like the pop culture side of it and then it had the real world side of it as well where you could just be like okay like this is how what like this is the part of it that's fun and here's the part of it that is actually informative yeah and yeah that's one of the 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 things i really liked about this one also they were better on these home camera things. Not everybody's suited to do. Even if you're in professional TV, mm -hmm. <laughs> when you see these Zoom things or these Skype things, not a lot of it. Like, you know, we use dead air as humor <laughs> sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, we have an unconscious agreement. When Larry says something that should be funny, let's just give him those three seconds of dead air. We leave it at three seconds innately. But these dudes were living it. I think the longest one was eight seconds, and I'm over here like the, the, one of the, the <laughs> first panels because I'm like, oh my god, eight seconds of dead air, you know, <laughs> like an eternity, and I'm not right. even on it. Right. But, uh, but yeah, and, and so these guys were better at it, and it was you know none of these are live. They're they're shown live, or they they get published and they call it live, or some people call I guess different like IGN calls theirs live, but they just play those videos. Over their live stream, I, I was they, shocked by this whole thing. I, did, I thought they were all going to be live. Yeah, yeah, and it it makes sense. It's hard to do things live, you know. People As we know, to, I mean, even, even <laughs> television broadcasts do it like at a delay, almost like fifteen minutes sometimes. And it, it you know, we 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 do it live, and it's like, oh yeah, this is their first time doing this, but it, it seems. <laughs> From what I saw, like it, I don't know that any of these panels I would actually see at Comic Con. Like I feel like this is their content for Comic Con at home. Not that they're bad. I just don't think yeah. they would get the, points, you know. No, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Like I mean, I, honestly, I mean, like I said, Wednesday usually there are no panels. It's usually literally just preview night, and that's it. And you know, some people throw some parties on Wednesday night to like, hey, welcome to San Diego. And, you know, schmooze some people and all that kind of stuff. Normally, there are no panels. And so it would make sense that, like, if you got a Wednesday night slot, that might be, like, 
the people that they're like, oh, I don't know, this is normally Comic Con stuff, but because we're at home, yeah, Wednesday night, Wednesday Wednesday afternoon, we got you. <laughs> so, but the conspiracy panel I thought was good. Like I honestly, like I would not have been disappointed if I went to that panel during Comic Con live yeah. and watched that. I would have I would have been very entertained, and I would have been like I would have had questions. Which I think yeah. at the end of the day, like that's that's probably the biggest compliment you can give any panel, where it's like, do I want to like interact? Because yeah. if you're sitting there in the audience and you're just like, well, you know, I could care less whether like I don't have anything to say, or I know there's no there's nothing that they said that makes me want to be like, well, what about this? That's probably I mean that's the like basically like that's the judge of how good that panel is in my opinion. Yeah. Like if I don't if I don't move you to like want to comment on something, then I didn't do my job. So yeah, yeah, and that's where um, that first panel that we talked about made me feel like I'm like, oh man, this is this is the one I see maybe Friday morning, hungover. Like I'll just come in here and <laughs> go out for twenty minutes, you know? Hey, not even Thursday morning. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Friday morning. He's like, okay, well. <laughs> but yeah. you know, I guess those have their virtue too. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Honestly, like I, I, I like I was shocked to find out that these panels weren't going to be like actually live. I thought they were going to be, especially considering yeah. there were other like, um, we didn't talk about it much, but there was um, you know, when when free comic book day didn't happen. There was a group of people that did alt free comic book day and they did panels in much the same fashion that um comic-con at home is doing in the sense that they did it like through some sort of like, either zoom or teams or Streamyard. for all i know i don't even know what they use but they use some sort of of uh live streaming or i, I guess i shouldn't even say live streaming they use some sort of like video conferencing device to do the panels but free comic free comic book day or alt free comic book day was live like 100% live and literally like you could take your questions and when I tell you like like I almost feel bad at this point for not having talked about it more when it happened because this happened in like it was either late May or early June right and when I tell you, like, it was done by, like, pretty much two guys, I think. And they had panels and, and and you know, good, solid, like, comic book, like, industry panels. I want to say it started maybe, like, 10 o'clock in the morning and went to, like, maybe 6 o'clock in the evening. And they did that for two days straight, 100% live. And they alternated. Like, one would moderate the one panel, and then the other person would moderate the other panel. And so they had, like, a little bit of an overlap where they might, the, the other person might come on at the end of the last panel to kind of just, like, take over things and just be like, hey, man, thank you all for coming on and da-da-da-da. And then the next set of people will come in or whatever. And it was amazing because you can literally ask questions live. You got some great content because they had some good, like, solid... And don't get me wrong, though. The, the, I guess the downside of this is it was all comic book guests. So it wasn't like... I mean, I think there might have been a couple of, like, entertainment industry people, but it wasn't like... 
obviously Comic-Con at home is going to get much higher profile people. They're not going to do a new Mutants panel <laughs> with, with all the cast and the director and all that kind of stuff. But if you like comics, it was like, wow, they got like some industry veteran type folks talking about all types of stuff. And it was yeah. super solid. It was live and it happened like, like I said, live back to back for like six hours or like eight hours. And I'm like, what? Like, Comic-Con can't get people, like, it's not like they're, like, all these panels are, like, I mean, some of them, of course, obviously, it's like, yeah, like, if you're talking about New Mutants, you're talking about, like, probably at least, like, three people on that cast are, like, celebrity enough that you're like, okay, you can't just, I mean, yeah, you can't just, like, but let's put it like this. In my mind, and maybe this is my fault, in my mind, I'm like, if they were doing a Comic-Con panel, they would have to fly to San Diego. They would have to stay there. They would have had to, like, come to the panel and be there live. It would, in my mind, it's like, it's not that much of an inconvenience to decide to take out an hour out of whatever day you are, or like, wherever you are, to yeah. set up a video conference to do that live. So now that, I'm no, now that I know, like, more likely than not, these are all going to be pre-recorded, I'm like, well... It feels to me like they could have, they could have at least let it be live so we could ask questions and stuff. But but maybe yeah. some of them will be. I don't know. Like yeah. I didn't know. Oh, what were you gonna say? Some of them are gonna be live. Like uh, there's some uh, cats that have been uh, talking about how they'll be answering questions at their panels. So some of them will be live. So how do you know which ones are the live ones from the pre-recorded ones? Um. I don't know. Like, yeah, I know the. I only know the people that announced it on Twitter that I follow. Got you. No, I, I know the, there. But the, testament uh, one, the testament one is going to be live. They're doing what? a panel for Con at home. Which one's the testament one? The band testament. Uh huh. They're doing a panel with the guitarist Alex Goldnick, and it's going to be live. And he's going to answer your guitar questions and stuff. At Comic-Con? At Comic-Con at home, yeah. On Twitch. Wait, on Twitch? Are you sure that's a Comic-Con thing? Or is it... It's a Comic-Con thing. Because okay. people are doing their own things. Like, IGN has their Comic-Con at home. Amazon has their Comic-Con at home. Like, you're going to have interactive stuff with, like, Hannah and the boys. Where you actually... During the episodes, you talk, or an episode, you talk to the cast and stuff. See, now, I feel like that's like, but that's not Comic-Con at home official, though. That's like the ancillary stuff. It's like the stuff you see, like, outside of Comic-Con, right? Like, is that not an experience at Comic-Con? Well, yeah, but I guess, what, what, and I'm like, not knocking it. Not I'm, huh? Why wouldn't you do that at home if you would do it there? No, no, no. no. I'm, I'm. See, understand. I'm not knocking it. I'm saying that's how Comic Con at home should be. I think you're knocking it. No, I'm absolutely not. I'm saying, I'm saying that what you're talking about sounds like what Comic Con at home should be, but they're doing it that way because they're not Comic Con at home. There's something like that's Comic Con adjacent, and they're doing it right. That's at the Seaside Marriott. You, you right, <laughs> right, right. Virtually, <laughs> right. And no, but that's—I guess—that's what I'm saying. Is 
what you're saying, what because that pan, like I, I, I'm all I'm saying is the panel you're talking about with the guitarist. Like I don't remember seeing that on the Comic Con schedule, but I think that's because it wasn't on the Comic Con schedule, yeah. right? Okay, right. and that's because and it's it's live and interactive because San Diego Comic Con isn't the one putting that on. Or well, I shouldn't say that. I should say that it's because it's live and interactive. That leads me to believe it's not San Diego Comic Con. Jay did just correct me and let me know that okay, there are some Comic Con panels. That are actually live, I guess, and and I don't know which ones those are, but I, you know, I I almost like in my mind I'm like, well, I all I really just want to watch the ones that are live. I can go back and watch the ones that are pre-recorded, because what what am I like making sure I'm in a particular place at a particular time to watch a pre-recorded thing that's probably going to be available at least for the rest of the week, you know, or through the weekend, you know, it's like watch that when I'm ready. The new, I the new NBA. I don't know if they'll allow you to go check that out later because you didn't get a badge. You're dumb. No, but I will say this. <laughs> I will say this, Oz. I do think you're right in the sense that I don't think these videos are going to be up forever. I think they are only going to be up for a limited time. I don't know if that means like it's only through the weekend or if it's like into next week, but then after next week, they'll take them away. So I just want to put that out there. I'm not certain... They're going to be, like, Comic-Con has its own YouTube channel. I don't know that like, these panels are going to be there forever. They might take them down. Yeah, they'll probably take them down Monday. Well, and there you go. So, I mean, which to me seems a little silly, too. Not to say that you need to have them up forever, but if you're going to take them down Monday, it's like, so you're saying that if people, like, you know, choose to, like, Check the like if they want all the panels to finish and then they're gonna watch them all on Monday or Tuesday or even Wednesday of next week. Like, what's the harm in that? Like, where how are you gonna say what? Because Comic Con is over then, but my guy, it happened at home, it's virtual. Like, (laughs) I'm just saying, like, it's like, don't pretend like it's the same thing, it's not this, it's not exclusive, it's free. And it's like, why is it on your schedule if it's virtual? It's not even live. Like, it's like, come on, man. It's, I'm just, like, I'm, you're telling me it's not the same? Well, how come we got turned down for press bags? <laughs> like, because they crazy still. <laughs> What'd you say, Jay? I'm saying, I mean, it's free. Like, why not watch it? Like, why are you trying to put it off? Like, Jay, it's not trying to put it off. It's like I'm not saying leave it up there forever, but what I'm saying is if so I mean I understand that a lot of us are at home and a lot of us are like we can't go anywhere. But like just say like I happen to have kids and I gotta make sure that they're entertained through the weekend or whatever, and I don't get the chance to watch stuff until Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon. It's like this way. If you had kids and Comic Con was in San Diego, you would either miss Comic Con to be with your kids, or you would take your kids with you. It's like well, the same principle. No, but what I'm saying is, it's you. You could leave it there through the week for me to watch. You're yeah. choosing right. not to let me do that, right? And there's there's no benefit 
for you in regards to me not getting to see it. Yeah. Well, here's what. Yeah, what? I think that they have a rationale for it, and it's we're making it as as much like Comic Con as possible in that you have to be for your panel on time, and if you miss it, you can just look at it on somebody else's YouTube channel later. <laughs> I I guess I, I I don't know. I'm just like I yeah, like I guess that's fair. I don't know. It just seems silly to me because it's like. All you're going to do is get additional views. And I'm not saying leave it there forever. I'm just saying give it a little bit of extra time. Like, it doesn't have to be just the weekend. Yeah, it could be the week. The weekend is best. Plus, there's a lot of backstage stuff that goes on with these deals. I mean, that could be true. But I would like to believe that people aren't, like, like, what are you negotiating through the pandemic? You know what I'm saying? Like, are you going to be like, oh, man, listen, I can't have you out here showing more of the boys uh, trailer through this pandemic for this extra week, these extra four or five days, because what? Like, what, what, like you want those views on the Amazon Prime page or I don't like what? Like what? Like what? What are you? What are you protecting? They do track, like Amazon tracks, and actually all the streaming services, they do track when you watch trailers. I'm I'm not saying that that's not true, but what I'm saying is, like it'd be different if they're like, well, we're gonna host it on our page, so you can't show it anymore. But that's probably not what's gonna happen. So then they're just saying, if if it's if it's them. Then they're just saying, we just don't want anybody else to see it. Oh, or Comic Con no, saying, we just don't want anybody else to see it. And it's like, my dude, it's, it's, it's a pandemic. Just let people see it. Like, hopefully, hopefully next year, everything will be fine again and it'll be super exclusive and only the people that can pay to see it will see it. I'm not mad at that. But this year, right now, while we're in this disease ridden America, Give people a break and let them see the boys, the boys panel. Can we do that or no? Am I am I the asshole? <laughs> am I? So here's 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 the way of doing it. They, they because everything is kind of ancillary and stuff too. And you know, if they would have just have a centralized way of doing everything through a Comic Con thing, it would have been great. But you know, it's almost impossible to do that now. But for example. Uh, Metal Injection, the the news website for heavy metal stuff, mm -hmm. they did a virtual fe music festival, an arts festival, kind of like a Coachella, but virtually on their thing. They did it live, and you know it wasn't live, but they they did it. They, <laughs> they had a lot of stuff. They had a, they had four hours for three days of of live stream stuff, and. All they did is just give you everything after it. It's like you missed it. You want you have to watch it after the fact. You could watch the replay of the actual thing or just the little videos in between each segment, like every band set. Essentially, you could you, they even broke it down like, oh, you can see this band set, but if you just want to see the one song, you could just click here and watch that song. Mm -hmm. You know, and they it's still available, and it's just something. 
I, I don't know. Like, I, I get what you're saying about this Comic Con thing, but you know, I'm. It's not entirely thought out. And, and I guess that maybe be like that might be where I'm coming from. Where it's like I'm not certain. Like they might be just going by like, oh well, this is how we usually do it for Comic Con, and not taking the moment into account. Maybe that's where I'm at. I don't. Oz, what do you think, man? Weigh in. A am I crazy for thinking they should like have this stuff accessible more than just Comic Con weekend, or or does it make sense to you? Yeah, I think they're crazy. Uh, there's, there's something to be said about something's only going to be up for a while. You know, you you don't want to miss it. It's the scarcity. That's that's what makes it valuable. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that's a better word for it. Because and I, I complain about this all the time. You know, if they if they're going to do something like this and leave it up forever, or leave it up for a year or for however long, there's nothing special about it. Comic Con is supposed to be an experience, and if it's just you know, I go to YouTube and watch some videos, I, I could do that anywhere. I could do that for anything. I don't. You know, I could go to, to DC Daily. Or, well, actually, that got canceled. <laughs> I could go to other people's YouTubes and, and watch the same stuff. But I'm choosing the experience, which you don't you don't get that if it's there if it's just there whenever you want. So I guess what I'm saying to you is this, though. I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree with you, like wholly, but. Should it be only the the weekend that Comic Con would have actually happened, or is it okay for it to exist for like say a few days or a week after that? I think it should just be during Comic. I wouldn't even put it the next day. Damn. Just watch it live. There's there's no you can't. That's it. You're done. Well, there's no live. That's what I would have done. But I'm not gonna knock them for keeping it up. You know, for a week. Oh, oh, you're saying you're like saying that. like the panel happens from three to four, and if you don't watch the video from three to four, then you didn't watch it. Yeah, like a like a sporting event. You know, if you can watch it live, or you know, if you got DVR or, or somebody else recorded it, well, then that's that's your other option. But wow. you know, you're either there in person or you're watching live, and that's it. That's all you get. Damn, and there's See, no highlights. There's no part of it for you that feels like, oh, you know what, man? People could use a distraction. It's hard times right now. Like, let's give them a little bit extra. Like, there's no part of you that feels like, oh, yeah, let's do that. No. Okay. <laughs> let's, listen, you're right. Listen, I get it. I'm the crazy one. I'm the crazy one. I'm not going to knock Comic Con for keeping it up an extra week or whatever. It's just, I I would prefer to just do, do live. It's a live event. Be there or be square. Listen, I didn't. I didn't realize how out of touch I was with the comic book community. <laughs> I didn't realize. It's like if I had known, I might. I might have made better decisions. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, well, you know, in my mind, I was just like, yeah, like you know, I mean, yeah, it's Comic Con, and I understand that Comic Con's exclusive, but. It's also a pandemic, so I thought, like, well, maybe, you know, ease up a little bit. But yeah, yeah. There, there's a pandemic, so I mean, what what else are you gonna do? Where where you gotta be? Where you gotta go? I mean, listen, I'm just saying, my grandma could have COVID. 
is she going to Comic Con? <laughs> you son of a bitch! I I wish you were part of the live stream so I could like remove you from it right now. You're oh, lucky I have you. no con. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, God damn, Oz! It's like, is she going to Comic Con? I'm like, oh, damn you, Oz! <laughs> oh, I, I hate it so much right now in this moment. <laughs> 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 it's, it's it's a joke, but at the same time, you know, it's like what Bill was saying earlier. If if your grandma is sick and you're gonna be with your grandma because that's important, you're not gonna be a comic con. You're not gonna see it anyway. What I'm saying is, it does. But in this particular instance, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. And my grandma on her deathbed, or potentially on her deathbed. Watching a Comic-Con panel could be, like, you know, a counterweight to that, where it's like, oh, you know what, like, normally I wouldn't get to see this panel, but I did get to this time because Comic-Con's at home when when, I, when, when my sister went to go be with Grandma on her deathbed instead of me being there, and so I watched this panel, but maybe it's gone now. Okay, because... so how about this? From now on, every year, all panels are taped and on YouTube. I would love that. I think that, look, I think that would be a smart thing for Comic Con to do. That's why we've been doing those bootlegs, <laughs> right? Like honestly, I feel like the the exclusiveness of Comic Con isn't about particular panels, except for Hall H and what's the other ballroom? Ba ballroom D, right? Or whatever it is. I don't. I don't even remember. But yeah, like Blue I don't ballroom. know. I think I know. I feel like one. No, no. One. You're hilarious. That's hilarious. Blue ballroom is hilarious. But there's another ballroom that has a number. I can't remember what the number is, but the other one that's not Hall H. It's like... Ballroom what? Two? I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. You know, like, here's the thing. I'm not the guy that's like... And this is why I make these arguments, and this is why I'm the wrong person, I guess, to maybe be talking about this stuff. Because... I went to Hall H one time in my entire... All the times I've been to Comic-Con, I've only been in Hall H one time. And the experience I had in Hall H was amazing. And I was like, this is a cool thing. I get why people like want to wait in line to do it. But I'm not going to wait in line every year to do this because I don't... like the. It's one of those things where you do it one time, at least for me, I do it one time, and I don't feel the need to have to ever do it again. Like, if if the Fantastic Forum was like, if the Fantastic Forum was like, hey, we all want to be in Hall H together, I would do that because the Fantastic Forum was like, we all want to be in Hall H together. Let's do it one time. The, the next year, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to spend another day in a line. <laughs> Or or in shifts in a line where it's like one of us has to like camp <laughs> to be in Hall H overnight. You know what I'm saying? Like in the time I was in Hall H, I didn't have to camp that night. Like somebody else decided they were already going to do it, and they're like, you know, y'all go home and go to bed and come back in the morning, bring us breakfast. I'm like, oh, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> it's like you you slept outside in not a tent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if I get if I get pitch a tent. It's San Diego outside. It's yeah. not I mean, in the summer. Well, no, but no, but it's not. See, but here's the thing: it's not like, like I guess technically you can have a sleeping bag, but it's not like 
Like I, you know, I'm an Eagle Scout. I've camped in a real way, and I've camped in numerous conditions. So I understand how comfortable camping can be if you have the right equipment. Camping at Comic Con is not that. It's not like you can pitch a tent. You're not protected from the elements. Like you're literally have you have a sleeping bag if that, and you're like shoulder to shoulder with, with randoms, unless you and get to sleep in the middle, huh? And they're germs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and you know, germs. <laughs> I, that's a much bigger deal right now. Obviously, at the time, but you know, it's like okay, we're talking about like nerd flu, but still. Right, but the fact is, it's like it's not—it's not a fun experience because there are people in your space, and nine times out of ten, it's you and maybe one other person, and everybody else gets to go sleep in the hotel. Like just the fact that you know you're the one that took that like, took that bullet makes it less fun. It's not like we're all camping, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's like we all don't have to be there. Only one or two of us have to be there, and everybody else can come back and reap the benefits because that's what happens. And so it's like, and you know, that's what that's why random celebrities and like random like, you know, producers from movies and TV shows and comics like bring those people stuff or they do something where they're like, "Oh, we brought like the Batmobile to like roll around the street so the people that are sleeping out in the cold to see stuff had something cool to say like we experienced this when we were out here at night." Because they know it's it sucks. It sucks. So it's like, you know, and I know I didn't have to do that. I would, but I didn't have to, and so I didn't. <laughs> and so I was just like, yeah, it was cool to see the Hall H stuff firsthand, but at the same time, it was like, what I saw, I was like, some of it, like, half of it was probably, like, exclusive to Hall H for, like, a month or a month and a half. And then a month later... Everybody pretty much saw it, except for maybe like one or two things. And at the end of the day, it's like it wasn't it was a cool experience, and I think everyone should do it like once if you can, but or or maybe if you want to is the better way to say it. But it's not like a thing where it's like it's not gonna change your life, it's just gonna be interesting. And the the sad fact of the matter is yeah, <laughs> look, just to just to like mess around and talk about the moment that we're in today or or connect my haulage experience to the moment that we're in today, I got accosted by security when I was in Hall H. For what? Because they thought I was filming something that I wasn't supposed to be filming, but it wasn't me. It was the white woman in front of me, but they assumed oh, it was me. Yeah. And when, when, like, literally a security guard came down, like, came to my aisle or to our aisle, I was, like, towards the middle, and pointed me out specifically and was like hey you come here and you know it was like it was a little bit like I mean obviously he wasn't like violent or anything because we're in the middle of like a whole bunch of people but it was and definitely not like not not friendly and to the point where Nia got up with me even though he only pointed me out he didn't ask for her and I told her like no no you go back we'll be fine like, I'll be fine. Like, you go back and let me handle this. And I talked to the dude, and he was basically convinced that I was filming something I wasn't supposed to be filming. And I told him it wasn't me. It was the people in front of me. 
and he wanted to take my phone, and I told him I'm not gonna. You're not gonna take my phone, but if you want me to show you what I have on my phone, I'll show you what I have on my phone right now. But just know you will not be taking my phone. And I showed him just like you know, like the last video I had, and I guess that was enough for him. And he let me go back. But what he didn't do was go and get the white women that were in front of me, and like take them out. So I'm just like, so what was that all about? Like I don't, I don't even like. To me, I'm just like, what made you feel it was me? I don't even understand. Like I guess, I guess he saw a screen up, and I guess he assumed it was me because I don't know. I fit the profile of somebody that. Takes con footage that's not supposed to be taken. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Man, you do look like one of those people that <laughs> that people are wary of at Comic Con, specifically in Hall H. I mean, a white blonde lady or a fat nerd. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, she wasn't blonde, but I get your point. Uh, I, picture her, I picture her in a white v-neck knit sweater oh. and blonde hair. Hilarious. All, all I'm saying is there are more fat nerds there than me. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. It's Comic-Con. We're all fat nerds. What was it about me that made it feel like, like that I was the culprit? And here's the thing. If I'm sitting here saying to you, like, oh, no, no, I didn't film anything that you that's inappropriate. You know, like, literally, the dude was trying to kick me out of Hall H. <laughs> and I'm just like, listen, well, you're not going to, like, because I spoke to him, I think, in a particular way, he didn't kick me out. But the fact is, I shouldn't have to speak to him so, in a particular way. Right. And this Asian man, do you remember his name? I want to put in a complaint. You're hilarious. First of all, he, he, he might have been Asian, but he was Indian. <laughs> not, not, not like, not. Not like East Asian. <laughs> so, so, and I don't know. I like, I don't know his name. I'm just saying, like, to me, I'm just like, but it's one of those situations where somebody could have been very angry, and that anger, though it's justified, would have been used to remove them from Hall H, despite the fact they had spent all that time to get into Hall H. And that was the thing that kind of made me angry because I'm like, if I had been a different type of person, they would have been like, oh, well, you're out. And it made sense. And it's like, no, like, you know, like, it doesn't make sense because I didn't do anything. And, you know, it's like, you're saying that it was me, but you don't know. It's like, oh, like, apparently there was probably more than one camera that went up. But it wasn't me. Because <laughs> it was like, nothing was happening so interesting that I felt the need to record it. And the messed up part was, the girl that, that did do it knew it was her. And it's not like she was like, oh, that was me. I'm sorry. You know, she let me take the rap for it. Because I saw her looking at me, and she knew. I like I looked back at her like, dude, you know this is you. Like, you, like, I looked back at her like, come on, like, chick, like, say something. She didn't say nothing. I'm like, okay, let's see how it is. And I went back to my seat, and she, she didn't even apologize after the fact. She wasn't like, hey, 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 that was my bad. I'm sorry. I just didn't want to get kicked out. I could have respected that. Did she just kind of the back of No, man. Listen, look, look. But Nia, Nia had words. <laughs> Nia was talking loud. <laughs> she's like, man. Oh, yeah, I know. Don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about it. And, and who are Storm? 
I, I think she wasn't she wasn't wearing any costumes at that point because we we're we we're waiting in these lines. Oh, uh, so it's not it's not as impactful then. No, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but I was just like, dude, yeah, that's great because I was actually, you know, I was that was I was there with um with Clayton and Tangerine mm-hmm. and um, damn it, what's my boy's name? Oh man, I can't think it. I feel bad because he he spent the night. Listen, after uh, I'll look him up. I haven't, I haven't talked to him in a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I like, huh? Did you send him a fruit basket? I sent him, a, I sent him an edible arrangement. Yes, no, no, but he, I met him, I met him through Clayton. So he's like, not like we're, we're cool now, but I gotta look him up on Facebook because I didn't like, you know, that was like, well, I was like, oh man, that guy. It was, it was. Uh, actually, his name is Joseph. His name is Joseph, but it's not it's not Jay. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I'm just like, dude, I was like, this is some messed up stuff. She didn't she didn't even like say, dude, I'm so sorry. Or anything. Like she could have said anything just to be like, my bad. You know? <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah. But anyway, I say all that to say like Hall H isn't gonna change your life. It's an interesting thing though. It's cool. I'm gonna have Emily kick me out of a panel just to make it feel like it's Comic Con. <laughs> there it is. You're gonna be like, "Hey, she's like, you're out of here." <laughs> she's like, what are you doing, smoking weed in here? What? You can't what do that Comic Con. <laughs> what kind of degenerate are you? <laughs> you take a bath. Take a bath. Yeah, man. Anyway, what else are we talking about? Uh, we do. We could do the old guard. Let's talk about the old guard. Let me uh, oh. just play. Oh, yeah, do it. Uh, it's a lag. Comic book theater. 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 It is comic All right. Book, comic Say book what? home theater. It's comic book home theater because it came out on Netflix. I think you're correct. Comic book home theater. Comic book home theater. We have to have them re record it. We have to have a what? Re record it to. Oh, home. gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah. So All there right. you, you, you wanted to watch the old guard. Yes. So I did read issue one and two. It's five issues. After I watched the movie, yes. Okay, cool. Yes, after I watched the movie. Um so the old guard, new movie on Netflix. Um it's based on a comic written by Greg Rooka. Uh incidentally the uh, the movie, the screenplay is written by Greg Rucka as well. And of course the movie um, stars Charlize Theron and a few other people whose names I can't remember other than, <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is in it and I feel like there's somebody else in it that I should know their name, but I can't think of who that is, so 
we're gonna go with those two. Those, those are definitely the two biggest stars in the whole movie, though. Without the the villain is a Harry Potter guy. Oh, yeah. Elijah Wood. No, no. I'm like, I'm uh, Elijah Wood's not in that movie. He played, he, he played the the older. What is he like a stepbrother? No, that Harry Potter was staying with his uncle, so it'd be like his cousin that was fat and would bully him, and then Harry Potter turns him into a pig. That guy used to be fat. Oh, the Dursley yeah. kid? Is it one of yeah. the Dursleys? The Dursley kid is in that movie? Who is he? He said the bad guy. He, he's, the, he's the villain, the, the, the nerd, the head of the corporation. Oh, I thought he was the other, like, leader of the militant group. No, no, he's the, I thought you asked, he used to be fat because he's, like, the skinniest fucker in that movie. Yeah, no, he is, he is. I was just being funny. Because that guy wasn't fat or in Harry Potter. I, I'm like Harry Melling. You're talking about. I I look. I don't even recognize hey, that fool. Dudley Dursley. Like I know who I know who Dudley is. I'm tripping that you know. I'm like wait. So he was in it, and I'm like I I don't. Yeah. So he was Dudley Brothers. No, not a Dudley brother. <laughs> Dursley. Like, the, 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 you know, where his dad and uncle. Remember Harry Potter stays with the family? Yeah, uh, I mean, I, no, I never saw that bullshit. I've never seen Harry, you've seen Harry Potter. You look, Mo, I've I, fallen asleep, I feel, I've fallen asleep during each and every Harry Potter movie. I need you, I need you to stop pretending to be that cool, dude. Like, you, you I'm no, not saying I'm, you're, you're super never, cool. I've never seen him, like, all the way through. Like, I tried watching him. And then I fall asleep. Well, he's in, he's in the he's in the beginning. Yeah, no, I remember him in the beginning. Yeah, I was gonna pretend I didn't remember him, but yeah. Before he gets on that train that goes into that wall, right? Yes. With the creepy hands. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, about that. So, um, this movie is, like I said, based on the comic, and it's basically about. A group of like semi immortal beings that have spent all their time, um, I mean, surviving. And I guess at the point that we find them, they're basically a mercenary group and they're doing their best, I guess, to because, because they've all kind of been warriors at one point or another and have fought and died throughout time. You know, fighting is what they know how to do, and being a mercenary group allows them to stay together and allows them to fight and make money and hopefully make things like the world a better place as well. And so that's basically where we find the old guard in this movie where they're fighting, they're making, the, they're trying to make things better for the world, even though they're not certain how good of a, a job they're doing and they're trying to make money and just kind of keep a low profile so people don't realize that they've lived for centuries and the movie kind of um, amps up or picks up in regards to plot where uh, they find out that there's like another immortal that's born recently and they go and try to recruit that person uh, to let just let them know, like, hey, 
this is what you are, this is what's going on with you, and uh, we want you to join us because you can't really live among your people or the people that you know and love anymore because they're going to age and grow old and die and you won't. So um, there's that along with the fact that they kind of get, there's a plot to kind of expose them or maybe not expose them, but a plot where people discover their immortal properties and they're trying to figure out who these people are and why they want to know who they are and, and want to know about their immortality. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I find it, I, I found it to be a pretty interesting film. I, I enjoyed what I saw and, you know, thought like the cast was, uh, the cast was like pretty good all around. I mean, it was a fun movie. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 by no means is it the best action movie that you'll ever see. But at the same time, it's like, I feel like if I went to a theater and watched this joint, I don't know, I would have come out disappointed. I would have been like, oh, no, that was, a, that was a cool little flick, you know? Definitely not anything where I'm like, okay, you got to go out and proselytize and let everybody know about the old guard so everybody needs to see it. But <laughs> I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have been mad at paying my, uh, my what? Well, how much does the movie cost these days? $15? $25. I mean, not for one person. Well, with ice cream and popcorn. <laughs> and well, popcorn listen, and... I, I, I don't feel like that's taking into it. Like, I'm not going to be mad at the ice cream. The ice cream was still tasty, whether the, even if the movie was bad, right? But it affect the taste of the ice cream. You'd be like, ugh. It might. My ice cream tastes terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's not creamy at all. <laughs> but what what did you all think? Who who I, watched it? Go ahead, I go. always I always keep forgetting that Charlize Theron is an action star. Like you don't you don't hear that that often. But you watch her in a movie like this, mm -hmm. and I was pissed off that she wasn't Batwoman. I mean, she got the haircut and everything. Yeah, no, no, she she's fantastic, dude. Like she is. I mean, Charlize Theron is a fantastic actress just across the board, in my opinion. And you know she does action stuff really, really well. And and like it's one of these things where it's like you're right. Like she doesn't get nearly enough credit because it's not like she doesn't do it all the time. But every time she does it, she's she's good. So I'm just like you know you would think more people would be putting her in those types of roles. You know I mean obviously she's not going to be like that woman on the CW. But if they why not? Because well, she's Charlie's she Theron. Like I had the same thought that Oz did, but not about Batwoman. I, I said she should play Spider Woman. I mean, she can be Spider Woman <laughs> if MCU wants to do a Spider Woman movie and she well, wants to do it. Well, the thing is, I like maybe not how we read Spider Woman a hundred percent, but if she did like the Madam Hydra stuff or the Scroll Queen. Yeah. Oh yeah, she would be fantastic. Great Yeah, she would be. She would be amazing as Squirrel Queen Spider Woman. Yeah, like, that's what I, I would, was thinking. Oh, dude, that would like because she I would the hell out of that role. I would take her as a regular Spider Woman, but for, I think she would shine in those. Yeah, I mean, she has that kind of range. She can be either one. 
So mm-hmm. it's realistically, it's just a matter of what you're trying to do and, and you know, yeah, like, what, what do you want from her? Because it's not like, I mean, it's not like you got to worry about can she do it? She can do whatever you want. Yeah, and the whole cast was good. I mean, the Charlize uh, is the star, but uh, the new immortal Nile, I think her name was. Yes. I, yeah, she was. Fantastic. She. Her character is a is a marine or army. She's a soldier, and when she's handling a gun, like I believe this woman has has been in the military. I the, agree. The way she, I don't know if she has or if she just got trained really well, but Whoa. she did a good job. But the Middle Eastern dude. When he gives that speech and professes his love for that other dude, I got wet. <laughs> no, absolutely. Speech, I wrote that shit down. <laughs> and the beauty of it is how how that plays out. Like they open yeah. the door, everybody in the room's dead, and they're still handcuffed. Yeah, yeah, and it, it it's interesting just because uh, you know. I, I like I mentioned before, I didn't get to read like the whole series of the mm-hmm. old guard, but I was interested to like sn- like because Greg Rooker had written both the comic and the screenplay. I was like, well, how closely do they follow? And having read the first two issues, it, it's really interesting because there are definitely some changes that get made because you're making a movie versus a five issue comic series. But all the large beats, at least in the in what I read in the first two issues, all follow the same format, like to the point where it's like you know the like like all all of the main stuff that like it, it's almost like the comic storyboarded the movie in a lot of ways, and it's just a matter of like well how much of it do you like choose to leave out because you know it. N- nothing necessarily plays exactly the same way, but it, it, it like all I said, all the big beats definitely are still there. And that's interesting because I was like, yeah, like, I mean, that that's how it should be, in my opinion, especially if you're like, hey, I wrote the comic, I'll write the screenplay. It's like, I liked what I did. And it's like some stuff you're just like, well, this doesn't necessarily work for the screen, so let me rework it so it can. So, uh, Jay, what did you think of the old guard? It was all right. I mean, there's some truly ridiculous moments in it. Okay, um, like what? Like, for instance, they get uh, there's a scene where they think they're rescuing women from being trafficked, mm-hmm. really a trap. Mm-hmm. So you got like 20 guys that come out and they shoot them, unload onto them, and you know they all fall down. Then the guys with guns they just they turn around and they just stand there waiting for them to get back up and get killed. Like, it's so weird. Like, they literally, they're just standing there. Like, they're not putting their guns up. They're not, you know, leaving, getting ready to go out or mm-hmm. checking the bodies. Like, they literally stand there with their backs turned. Yeah. And it's, it's like, okay, that's... That kind of set the mood for me. It's like, okay, this is one of those kind of movies. <laughs> it's it's interesting, though, that you say that, because that was definitely one of the first things I noticed that did happen differently in the comic than it did in the, the movie. Because you're right. In the comic, it's like there's four of them. These 20 guys basically come out, 
and shoot them all up. They all fall down and die, which is, you know, like basically how the movie opens. And then, like, you're right. Everybody kind of turns their back and then they heal and they get back up and like rush everybody. And of course, everybody's like, whoa, we're caught off guard because we thought they were dead, you know? And I think the movie, the the movie, you know, while it doesn't give you that, but I think it's one of those things where, like, to us, it was a sequence of shots that lasted two minutes, you know? But in actuality, it happened like that. We just stretched it out so we can grasp the power that they're telling us to make it more dramatic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, in, in the moment, it's probably a shorter amount of time. Like, in real life, yeah. that's something like that would happen. It'd be a shorter amount of time than it would be than what we're seeing in the film. But but it right. was interesting because in the comic, they don't drop. In the comic, they heal, like, um, not instantly, but close to instantly. Like, it's almost like they, don't, they don't even really fall. It's more like they kind of, like, get shot up and they kind of, like, you know, maybe waver a little, and then they heal, and they just keep going, and so that yeah. makes a, a Wolverine or Deadpool, right? Yeah, definitely like Wolverine style, where like you know Wolverine has that momentum, and it's not like they were even like necessarily kept moving forward because you know the bullet, the bullets definitely push you back, like they feel mm-hmm. the the hurt and they feel like the momentum, but they heal and they're kind of like literally like on their feet and like let's go. And they keep going, and they kill that room full of people. And I was like, oh, like you know, like it's interesting because it almost made me feel like there's a little bit of of like it's almost like it's a different kind of drama. And again, it's like almost again like the difference between like a film and a comic. Like in a comic, you can you you can get get away with, or you you know your audience will will accept the idea that they're on their feet still. In a movie, people might be like, oh, well, you can't get shot up like that and then not drop to the floor. So they need you to drop to the floor. But then, you know, what do you do when these guys are still, when they're on the floor, what are these other guys doing? Well, they're, they're like fist bumping each other with their backs to the dead bodies. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, which I don't, they didn't, I don't know that they actually fist bumped, but that's what I imagine. I'm like, we did that, <laughs> you know. So the Kirby fist. <laughs> Man, so, I don't think they mentioned whether they die if they get their head cut off or not. I don't think they mentioned it either. Which I would agree. Kind of bugs me when it's like a regenerative immortality. Mm-hmm. Like I always want to know if that'll kill them. Or if they could just put their head back on and be fine. That's fair. Or if they sprout but, another one. Like, yeah. But that's the personal <laughs> thing with me. I wouldn't say that's a mark against the movie. I mean, sprouting I a, like is sprouting another head a thing? Like, are there immortals that can get their head cut off and they can sprout another head? Well, didn't Deadpool do that? I don't know. I don't read Deadpool. Well, that's, like that. well, that's why you have the Deadpool head pool. Like just the floating head. Yeah, Headpool oh, was a thing for a while. That's where Headpool came from? Yeah, he got his head chopped off and then he just sprouted another head. Oh. Like I said, I don't read Deadpool like that. Like you know. What what look, I don't like your disapproving face. I don't understand what it is that like you like do you read 
Listen, I don't know what to tell you. I can't read everything. Some stuff, I don't have to read it to know it. Okay, well, listen. I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm not trying to figure out where Headpool came from. No, but I'm telling you, like, you asked about regenerative people growing new heads. I gave you. Oh. No, no, no. I, I, I will take the answer, and I appreciate that. The guy from I, Men in Black, too. Tony Shalhoub. That's true. That's true. That did happen in Men in Black. But his brain's not there, though. No, but it's all stem cells. And they're in your spine. It's all stem cells. <laughs> that's the thing that I would think, where it's like, I would think that if you have highly... Like, if you have really high regenerative powers, like, I can see you putting the head next to the neck, the severed neck, and those reconnecting, and it works. Yeah. After a certain amount of time. I can totally see the idea, too, of your head being able to heal itself and existing in its own thing to a degree, even though it's like, you you know, you still need lungs and stuff, so it's kind of like, I almost feel like your head has to like develop some stuff. Like it's almost like I can see your head growing back your body before your body growing a new head. Because I yeah. feel like the brain is the important part. Even if your body can grow a new brain, it would take time. And then even when the brain grows, you're not the same person because and you don't the have. Solution, hmm? The solution to that conundrum is thus: in the case of Deadpool. Mm-hmm. His brain is smaller because he's kind of dumb, and he, his head could just put lungs and shit around it, and then his body doesn't have to work so hard to put it up. Uh, Hedzilla joined us in chat. He says, "Yo, <laughs> I agree." What up, heck, yo? <laughs> Thank you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Of... I hope that satisfies your query. It does. What are you going to say, Jay? There's a couple of weird moments, too, with, like, characters acting oddly. Like, Charisse or Charlie Theron's recruiting efforts were odd to me. How so? Well, it's like, you Instead of, like, trying to get this chick to your side and explain to her what's going on, you kidnap her and then shoot her. Which seems, like, counterintuitive to getting her to side with you. You know, I kind of... I would disagree only because I feel as though... Especially, like, after a certain amount of experience, you're kind of like... Certain people aren't going to believe that they are or that they're doing what they're doing, so you show them. Yeah, because even even after all of that, she's like, "I don't believe you." And I'm like, "Well, you believe in that God? Like, well, you're already believing in supernatural shit." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so that was like, a, that, that was a cool scene. Like that whole airplane fight mm-hmm. scene thing was like, yeah, that was a, that was a cool scene. But I, I see what you're saying, Jay, and I definitely don't like if you're saying that there's definitely a more diplomatic way to explain to somebody that they're an immortal, I wouldn't disagree with you. But not only does it feel like it kind of gets the point across, but it feels in character with the the person that like the character that Charlie Theron is playing. Which what's her name? Is it Athena? No, 
and Dacria and Dicria. I don't remember her name. I feel bad. But yeah. The character the character is interesting. But listen, I will say this too, real quick, and this is like kind of a like a total aside, but you know, I had not read the old guard when it actually came out, which I think it was like I don't know, like I don't know if it was like twenty fifteen or twenty seventeen. There's also a series that came out after the fact that continues the adventures of the old guard, like after like the events of what happened in the movie. Um or okay. or I should say after the adaptation of the events that that or not, no no I should say like yeah, you know the source material right after like yeah the the movie adapted what was the source material which was the original five issues of the old guard they have a series that takes place after that and what happened now the movie the movie leaves it open for a sequel. Is that I don't want to give it away, but is that whole thing represented in any of the books? Like, yeah, the the series I'm talking about right now is basically like probably what they'll use as source material for the sequel. Oh, okay. Because it's like I think if I'm not mistaken, I think it's another five issue series that is like what happened after the events of the initial five issue series. So yeah, so they got. Not only do they have, like, you know, like, not only do they leave it open for a sequel from, you know, the movie standpoint, but there's already comic book, a comic book, like, source material for there to, like, base a sequel on if they want to do that. And so, yeah, that's cool. But I was going to say that Greg Rucka, like, has, like, I don't want to say an infatuation. I think that's the wrong word. But he definitely has a thing for semi-immortal women because <laughs> because well, Lazarus La is similar too absolutely and that's one of the questions that I was I had well I didn't plan to have it for you mm -hmm. but um think watching it I know you you're a fan of Lazarus so it's like yeah how does that feel in like quality if they brought Lazarus uh to life in yeah. a similar Fashion like right, the, the quality Honestly, here. Yeah, this this like, I had my reservations about Lazarus being adapted to another medium, which it's already in the works for that. And so, um, I knew that Greg Rooker was involved in the process. I didn't. I'm not exactly sure how deeply he is, but it felt like based on the things that I've seen that he was like pretty deeply involved in it. And so, um, I I was like, you know, I was hopeful, but at the same time, I realized like, you know, Lazarus has like a lot of different moving parts to it, and I was like, hey, I don't know how good it, it would be, but what what really helped me was that I think Lazarus is being made into a, a TV show as opposed to a movie, and Lazarus yeah. definitely needs to be a TV show because it has a much longer. Um, story arc to it than like even something like the old guard which the old guard has enough that it could be a tv show too if it wanted to be but mm -hmm. but lazarus needs to be a tv show it's not even like like a movie probably wouldn't do it any justice unless you're gonna be like it's james bond you know what i mean <laughs> like it has to be like okay we're gonna do movies in like 15 parts or whatever um but having seen what he did with the old guard i'm like oh listen all I need them to do is let him do the screenplay or do the scripts. If he's like the head writer, 
for the Lazarus TV show is going to be fine. But it was interesting, though, because like Lazarus is definitely, even though it does have a semi-immortal woman as the lead, it's a completely different kind of show or a completely different kind of property because the yeah. old guard is like, you know, in modern times and it's like, you know, you have these group of people that are immortals that are hiding and that's a whole different thing because Lazarus is about it is it does have like semi-immortal people in it, but they're crafted so pe everybody knows they exist and like it's not like they you know they're not hiding or anything like that everyone knows who they are what they do like how, how they do it and it's like a whole different thing because it's like near future type stuff and so it's like a whole completely different vibe but it is interesting though because like the movie starts you know with Charlize Theron and that whole like scene of her like laying there dead and the comic Lazarus almost starts in a similar fashion where it's just kind of like okay a woman like laying there dead and like kind of talking about like almost the voiceover type deal and I'm just like oh like he likes that <laughs> you know like there's something about that image that he feels is striking and he put it into both of those like he, he's like this is a good load so I'm gonna put it in everything <laughs> you nasty you nasty, you you nasty, Greg Rooker. <laughs> you nasty. So Oz, what did you think of it? I liked it. That's fair. That's fair. So, like I said, it, it was it's well acted, well well written. It's uh, it, it's more low budget than I thought it was going to be, but it's Netflix, so I wasn't too shocked. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the whole budget went towards towards uh, Charlize. Seems like know. some of the healing scenes were good. The broken hand looked good. The broken ankle looked good. I would agree. Like I didn't think I didn't think of it as low budget. I mean, don't get me wrong, it wasn't blockbuster level. Yeah. But I feel like they used their money wisely. Yeah, yeah. I definitely want to see what happens in a, in a sequel with that ending. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's one of these things too where um I don't know how much y'all know about Charlie's Theron, but Charlie's Theron had like a tough life, especially for like, that. huh? She did. Yeah, especially for like, you know, a friggin' beautiful blonde woman. Like, <laughs> that's like much, much more things have happened to her than you would have expected, <laughs> or than I would have expected. But you know, but she's amazing, man. Like, it's like you could kind of, like, she definitely like the things that. Terrible, the terrible things that have that did happen to her. Apparently, she just kind of used for fuel and like became yeah. this amazing, amazing Like again, like Furiosa in yeah. fucking Mad Max Fury Road. Like yeah, I I'm, I felt like that was her movie. Like yeah, oh no, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, man, just like you know, growing up in in freaking apartheid South Africa and like her freaking like. Her mom was like super tolerant, and so like they lived. She lived on a farm in South Africa, and didn't know that like people were being mistreated yeah. because she lived on a farm with like all races that you know they worked there and lived there, and her her, her family treated them all like people. So she didn't know until she was like in her teenage years that they were like 
an outside world that was like mistreating people that looked like these other folks that she thought of as family. And then apparently she had like a friggin' like a ridiculously alcoholic dad that like all she knew with him was as a drunk. And, you know, of course, because he was an alcoholic, he mistreated everybody. And then at a particular point, her mom had to kill her dad. So, like, which just that idea by itself is just like, yeah, you know, you lose your parent because one parent kills the other. It's like, and on top of all of that, Larry, she got the Knight of Press badge at Comic Con at home. You, too. you are, you are so crazy, man! Like a Comic Con at home, you got to put in Com- Comic Con at home. They were like, no, Charlie. Yeah. Like, what outlet though? <laughs> I'm on the panel. <laughs> Yeah, man. So it's crazy. I was like, dude. I was like, that's that's heavy, heavy. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, but yeah. So Jay, what would you rate the old guard? Um, I would give it like a four. Jay, I feel like you you need to lower your score, Joe. You didn't like it that much. I thought it was fun. Like it was silly, and there were definitely some bad moments where like this is just weird. Like. But overall, I had a lot of fun watching it. I hear that. I rescind my comment, Jay. I feel like you, 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 Guardians of the Galaxy did it. <laughs> I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. Oz, what did you think of the old guard? Hmm? Oz, are you there? You're gone. No, he, he's gone. Oh, I'm I sorry, Oz. I left a little while ago. No, I didn't realize. I'm sorry, Oz. Moses Magnum, what did you think of the old guard? He, um. I, I enjoyed it, and like Joe said, it had its weird moments and stuff, and some of them I wasn't even, like, hyper-aware of. But, you know, they're a little weird, but I didn't read the comics, so what do I know? You know? Um, but I did feel they did, like you said, they used the budget wisely mm-hmm. in fight choreography. Yeah, I, I hear a dude from John Wick that did it. So, Oh, really? I didn't know that. That yeah. makes a lot of sense, though, because the fights were really good. Yeah, and that you could do on the cheap. Like, you just pay the guy to teach him, and, you know, you don't have to use that many effects, you know? Um, and I felt it was used wisely. Like, even the, the little scenescapes that are CG or whatever don't feel CG. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would give it a, a 4. four. I, I, you know what? I give it a 4.5 because I didn't read the comic. So I'm happy. <laughs> I don't want to read the comic. Like, <laughs> no, listen. I promise you. Like, I feel like you would read the comic, and you would you would be happy about reading it. Because honestly, like, I and honestly, I can't I can't speak for that wholeheartedly because I haven't read all five issues. Yeah. But like I said, I read two issues, and I was like, I don't feel like they sacrificed anything outside of like, mo like. I mean, what I would think of as almost like comic book moments where it's like, you know, because it's a different medium, you get the opportunity to expand more on certain things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you like, like there's a whole scene in the, in the second issue of the book where you, you have like Charlie Theron's character kind of talking about the, the two dudes that, that are lovers and how it is they found each other and like how 
unique their particular situation was because how you know they like just like how they mention it in the movie they mention it that they killed they killed each other on the battlefield and have been together like ever since then and it's like a thing where in the movie that's like maybe a line or two and you're like oh wow like you know it's interesting backstory but you only get like that little bit of it in a comic you basically get to see like the fight that they have and it expounds on the idea that they found each other because they kept trying to kill each other and they realized they couldn't keep either one of them either one of each other dead like they're basically killing each other and waking up and killing each other and waking up and eventually they understand that they're like okay we're both like the same and it's like in and of itself (laughs) <laughs> right, ex- exactly. Like it's like it, it would be like literally, and it's it could be its own issue, and be amazing, but it's only like one part of issue two of this series of the book, and it's just like, but it's cool because, like I said, it's like it's her, and you know, it's like it, in the same way, like how you know, there's a point in this movie where the character um, kind of like reminisces about the idea, like okay. I was the only one for the longest time and then I started having these dreams and I didn't really like you know that's what led me to the next person in the comic this whole thing is really kind of about her talking about the idea that how unique it is to find these immortals and how much time it takes and how hard it's been in the past because you know in the past we're not like just because I dream about you doesn't mean I know what they mean and just because I know what they mean doesn't mean we're in the same place and so it's like, it might take me like a certain amount of time to even get to the place where you are because so I can actually find you and be like, hey, you're like me. And so it's like talking about that kind of history and stuff. It just, it takes more, it, it's allowed to take more time to do that because it's a comic book as opposed to a movie. And so, you know, that's like literally the whole idea of these two guys finding each other and killing each other over and over again and eventually just kind of understanding who, what they are. Is giving a little bit more room because you can you have it in the comic, and so yeah, I don't I don't think you'll be disappointed. It'll because all it is is like it's literally small moments that you liked in the movie that get unpacked in the comic. I think, and that's it because all the other beats felt like they were there, and I was like, wow, this is cool. That's part of why I kind of rated it high too. Because while I didn't read the comic, I did feel like I was judging it like okay. This doesn't feel like they would have changed it that much, mm-hmm. you know. Like it feels like, and if they did, who's to say it's not better, you know? Because right. everything, right. but like how you say, like going into it, I'm like, are they going to show any of the past scenes, like right. stuff in the past? And they did show you some, and the amount they showed me, I was good with. And right. the the two dudes meeting on on in the in the battlefield, like that line, that whole scene was awesome. And I didn't even think about, like, why didn't they do a flashback here, you know? Mm-hmm, but right. now it's like, wow, you get the awesome scene they did here, and then in the comic you get the flashback. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, dude, I, I, I think I honestly think that if you read it, I think you would be happy about your experience just because I feel like it's almost like a director's cut, <laughs> you know? Like, that's, yeah. what it, that's what it felt like where I was like, oh, like, and again, like I said, I only read the first two issues. There's three more issues. As far as I know, it could have pulled like a a kick ass where like the ending of the comic is completely different from the ending of the movie. I I don't know that that's not the case because I didn't get that far enough in. But I'm gonna keep reading the 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 comic just because I found it interesting enough 
that I was like, I, I just want to see how this turns out. And especially considering that, you know, it's like that that, that I realized or because I didn't know last week, but now that I realize, oh, there's another series that takes place like after the events of the comic slash movie. I was like, I would like to read that. So I'm going to read the first, the rest of the three issues for the, the first series. Yeah. yeah. So, so for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh I, I think I think I'd give it a four point five as well. I really liked it. So, you know, fun movie. Yeah. All right. What are we talking about next? Let's um I guess let Empire? me do, let me do oh, the heavy metal real quick and then yeah. we'll go into Empire. No, no, that I sounds good. A few minutes here. <laughs> yeah, that no sounds real good. Let's definitely do the heavy metal minute. Are you putting up a picture or no? Yes, I can do that. Hold on one second. I, I think I, I got that figured out. If you, oh, okay. No, if you, I mean, yeah. if you want to do it, I got you. Or you yeah. can do it. So just let me know, and I'll full screen you. It's a weird world with this COVID-19. You know, people fight online about everything. Um, one of the, the lightning rods and the, the, that gets the spark to get people really fighting is, is uh, President Trump's handling of this thing. So you got people within bands fighting, like the guy, the singer from System of Down and the drummer, totally opposite people in this new world. Um, and one of the things is the guy from Trap, the main frontman from Trap, he, uh, he, he went on a Twitter storm, and he's like, you know, President Trump's doing, you know, conspiracy theory stuff, and, and calling out people who are against the way that Trump's handling things, and yeah, he got shit on by everybody, like, they piled on, he piled on, they, it was like... Almost every band you could think of that came out around 2000 to like now. And um, that's not even a new story. The new story is that Trapped released an album <laughs> this past weekend, this past Friday. And I haven't heard it because I've never been a Trapped fan myself. That new metal stuff, there are very few bands that I think were worth it there. Uh, and even if there weren't bands, there were songs. Uh, Trapped was definitely not one of them. And then, uh, yeah, the album came out, and it came out to 600 sales. 600 sales, like 600. And... <laughs> So that's six zero zero. Now, in the way that that the guy from Trap, I forget his name, the way he does things is, you know, he yells fake news, you know, because that's that's what people do now. It's like, oh, it's either people are trying to make me look bad, and then. But meanwhile, he never gave actual figures or uh, sources say proving that it's a lie that he only sold six hundred units of music. Now, that's all physical, but still, I mean. In this day and age, I mean, I think 10 years ago you had to sell 40,000 records, physical records, just to break even. As you know, streaming helps, that, that stuff kind of changes over time real quick, but yeah, 600, 600. Uh, we're talking about new metal bands again. 
Um, we, uh, we talked uh, in another Heavy Metal Minute about the Immunity Herd Festival, Herd Immunity Festival. I think it was in Iowa or something, or Idaho, Wisconsin, one of those places. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was a concert that was called Herd Immunity Fest, and then well, I forgot one band dropped out. Static X still played, and they released footage of their concert. Now, nobody was wearing a mask except for the singer of Static X, which he's a mystery man in a death mask. He's wearing a zombified uh, mask of Wayne Static, the late singer, R.I.P., and uh, he, um, yeah. He's the only one wearing a mask, and it's not a protective mask against particles and droplets of spit. And then everybody in the crowd, I mean, luckily the crowd, it wasn't that packed, but they were kind of spread out, but they, nobody was wearing masks, and it, it's, you know, yeah, it is what it is. People, you know, I can't tell people not to live their life, not to enjoy music, and if they have the option to go, they're going to go. You know, I just don't want to have to worry about them getting sick but you know what am I going to do if they're not worried I'm not worried um and then another live performance story <laughs> Tony Iommi talked about one of his live aid reunions with Black Sabbath and he was uh <laughs> practicing I thought it was a funny story um you know Black Sabbath came together and ended up just rehearsing a little bit before they went on stage and Madonna was watching them in the rehearsal room and he kicked the fuck out he didn't know who she was at the time this was back in 86 or 85 or something and uh he's like yeah hey you gotta go and <laughs> i just thought that was funny i didn't even finish hearing the story on uh on the article i didn't finish reading the actual story but i just thought that was funny anyway i wasn't like this has been a heavy metal minute Review. Like review. <laughs> well, not, not like that, but like. Comic book reviews. Moses, look, you can do. I guess technically you could you could do the show just like that if you wanted to, but I think people would prefer to see your beautiful. I think that's. Face. I think that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> I said people. <laughs> For a second, your face just popped up in the middle of the Moses Magnum logo. Like, oh, smack! I'm like, damn. <laughs> Look, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you because I'm not a snitch. That when I said people would like to see a beautiful face, Jay shook his head. I'm not gonna tell you that because <laughs> I'm not, I'm no snitch. Hey, I'm the one that's committed to audio only. <laughs> <laughs> right, Jay, I got my reasons. Jay, Jay's the one out here been trying to stunt on fools. He's the one that's like, hey, man. He's like, I got a face for TV. They, they see it. They're like, man, stunting on these fools. Tell them, Jay. Look, oh, man, he, I've been trying to get an avatar made forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we just make, have Muppets made of us and just do the Muppet like our Muppets doing this show? I feel like Muppets are that's expensive. a lot more work. Like, yeah, but... the slideshow avatar is easy who operates the puppets we do we just sit under our desk and be like you are you are crazy you are, 
<laughs> there's a whole YouTube community that does shit like that. Like the oh, plush streamers. Yeah, no, I've seen wait, plush plush streamers? That's a term? Plush tubers. Wait, what say it again? I'm sorry. The plush tubers. Oh, plush tubers. Damn. Yeah. I didn't know that was like a whole thing. Like I understood like I knew from my own personal experience, I've seen like two or three YouTubers do it, so I knew that it was like a trend. I didn't know they had a term for it though. I didn't know they were like, oh man. Community of- they got they got a whole a whole convention. They're like we plush tube. Right. Never <laughs> seen each other. They all like the whole the the whole the whole convention is done round table, but high ones. So people don't have to crouch, they can stand. But everybody <laughs> goes under the cloaks. And they're like, Yeah, this is what we do. No, but it's it, like I love puppets. And well, and I won't say anyone that knows me knows that because that's not true. I think there's plenty of people that know me very well that have no idea how much I love puppets. Whether they be Muppets or like just like really literally sock puppets. I love them. I love them. I do. I think that they're amazing. And I like, I don't think that the people that like, like high level puppeteers, I don't think they understand how much I appreciate what they do. Like, no, whether you're talking about like, animatronic type folks or whether you talk about people with like literally like Pinocchio string type puppets or whether you're talking about the people like look there yeah I love puppets I'm gonna leave it at that because it's getting creepy already I'm creeping myself Ooh, out that, like, damn it. that might be the title of this episode <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is yeah so I got much props for the people that do that and are able to express themselves through puppetry, because it's not easy. Uh, all you have to do is try it, and you realize how hard it is. <laughs> you know, but anyway, uh, I'm just happy that we don't have to do that, because I would suck at it, and I don't want to suck at that. I don't, I don't want to suck at anything, but that's high on my list of things I would like to not suck at. <laughs> like, I, I, I would actually like to be good at puppetry if I chose to attempt it. So, anyway, uh, Reviews. Empire, number one. Uh, you Do you all want me to summarize this book? or do you Yeah, yeah you're the Marvel dude. I, I am mean, the Marvel dude. If you want me to. Listen, I would love to hear your take, Jay. Go ahead. I'm going to hold up the book while you do it. Okay, so Empire is... All right, I'm going to start at Empire number one because I actually did go back on your suggestion and rewrote to Empire and Avengers Empire Zero and Fantastic Four Empire Zero. Good job, Jay. You're the man for that. Yeah, so like the only thing I didn't do is go back and read all the stuff that they wanted me to read, like the Celestial and Madonna. And, oh, no, um, you should not go like, yeah, Celestial yeah. Quest. Like, you had, you had to have been around and like, you had been reading like Avengers hard and like the early 2000s to have read that like <laughs> what's well, interesting because in the uh, road to empire they point out like uh, six trades you can read if you want mm -hmm. like, all the stuff they like talk about mm -hmm. like, i don't want all that stuff like, <laughs> like you guys did enough like you gave me i have a solid foundation <laughs> so, right you know what i am gonna dip into fantastic for a little bit Go for it. Because uh, basically, the the 
the galaxy is like changing. And one of the first things that changes is the currency is no longer uh, stable. Mm-hmm. And so Reed Richards is trying to figure out why. And they end up at a casino run by the the profiteer. Yeah. And uh, she's been holding using children to hold reenactments of the Cree Skull War. And Mr. Fantastic is like, what? Like, what are you talking about? The war is still going on. Like, they couldn't have stopped. Like, they've been fighting forever. Mm-hmm. And so, um, on the moon, there's like this forest, and Tony is just having this existential kind <laughs> of. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with Like, I think he's on shrooms. Like, I think. <laughs> what do they call it? The Tuttle Tuttle? Like, Man. got spores in him. Co- and he's like high off his fucking mind. Peace and love. And like, I wouldn't even say like hippie bullshit. Like it's like some like some inner reverse, like in, inverted hippie. <laughs> like this dude is fucked up. Like he's fucked up. this is way better than my re- my my retelling of this. <laughs> I'm so happy that I did this. <laughs> so he's like talking to this. Uh, What's the name? Sequoia? But they call him Koi. Yeah. And he's the leader of the plant people. And they're like, hey, you know, the Kree and the Skrull have, like, teamed up to to come and wipe us out. Because back in the beginning, before the Kree Skull War, uh, the Krees and the plant people shared a planet. And then the Skrulls were like, if you guys fight, we'll give the winner technology. And the Cree were like, yeah, we're going to kill these plant people. And then since you won't give us the technology, we're going to kill you guys too. And like, that was the start of the war. Yeah, so but that's not know. quite the way it goes. <laughs> but yes, you're right. It pretty much is. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what part am I missing? Well, what, what it was was that the, Cree, the scrolls at the time were like actually a pretty like benevolent race. And what they were, what they did was they took the Cree, which was a primitive race, and the the uh, the Kotati, which was a, a a primitive race as well, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna put you all here in in the blue area of the moon, which is you know where like mo- most Marvel fans or like if you know where the blue area of the moon is, you probably know it as where the Inhumans live, but that area of the moon was created for these two races to like." Be like, like the for the scrolls to be like, hey, take this barren land and and do something with it to show us which one of you should be uplifted because both of those races lived on the same planet on Hala, and he they were like, we need to like kind of uplift one of them or we want to uplift one of them and share our technology and like basically kind of bring them into this like space age era. But we don't know which one should be like basically the dominant now, species. We should say they're they're not as benevolent as Lawrence seems to imply. First off, benevolent races don't make you fight for technology. They there was no fighting. They didn't ask them to fight. They pitted one group against the other and said whoever 
is the best will get control of the planet. Well, but they, but they but, hold on. When, when I finish this thought, you can go back to your thing. But your propaganda. <laughs> they were basically out conquering the solar system. Now they weren't doing it by war; they were doing it by trade. So they would basically come in and offer their technology and stuff and trade with them. And, to, and then, uh, like one of the terms of trade was that like you become part of our empire. And so that's not a thing benevolent people do. Like, but it's not a violent thing, though. It's not like you, it's not like they had no choice. I could take over someone nonviolently, and it's still a takeover. It's but it's not, not but it's like, not tyrannical. It can be. Benevolent doesn't mean nonviolent. Like that's not the the, the threshold. I hear what you're saying. You're, you're saying even if I offer you something peacefully, even though it's in my interest, you're saying that doesn't necessarily make it benevolent. Right. Or because it's in my interest, that doesn't make it benevolent. Even though like they're not violent and they're not taking over. Well, they are. They, well, uh, the, uh, a takeover implies there's no choice. That's not true at all. Like you could buy something and take it over. Like this happens with companies all the time. You could what? Buy something and take it over. No, but they're not buying it. There's like a buy is a choice. They're not even doing that though. They're they're basically saying, hey, we want to offer this to you, but you have to compete. You know they could be like, we don't want to compete. And then the scrolls go away. I'm going to let it go because I didn't mark my I, I didn't mark my screen. I, I can't screenshot right now. And so normally I would have had that point screenshot it and ready for you. Oh, okay. But I don't. I only have the Uh oh! Did I'll you freeze, Jay? Oh, okay, you're there. Uh, Never mind. Okay, so what's next? Where are we? Oh, <laughs> we're at. They're they're not as benevolent because they're taking over financially. Right. You cut out a little bit. Financially is what Mo said. Okay. Well. The, I didn't hear that because you guys cut out on oh. my end. But uh, I think I was at the little children fighting to re. Oh yeah. Reenact the war. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the Fantastic Four, or at least uh, Ben and Valeria, are like this. Is some not Ben. Ben and Johnny, are like this, is some bullshit. Uh, <laughs> Valeria, her and uh. What's the dude's name? The kid, Franklin. Like over Franklin. Franklin. They went to go gamble because it's a casino, and their kids, you know, they're doing their thing. And so, you know, they end up getting in a fight, and they win the casino from the profiteer, and then the Cree Skull Fleet. I said scroll right. The Cree Scroll Fleet come. And Tony is like, hey, we got to fight them because he's still high on streams and shit. <laughs> and, uh, they're like, yeah, okay. So they start fighting. 
But the Fantastic Four went to go negotiate, and so they're on the ship, and Tony and them are attacking, and Hulkling is like, yeah, I'm, I'm the leader now. <laughs> we gotta do this shit, because I trust these, like, Super Skrull and Super Kree, like, I trust them. And so we gotta go, like, do this thing. Like, they don't, like, because of the way the story is going, they don't say what they're going to do. And I think a lot of things would have been, like, a lot easier had they just said it. But, of course, the story demands they be unclear. And so... <laughs> so the Avengers are fighting, and then the plant people are like, thanks for fighting for us. Now we can unleash our super plant weapon. Wipe <laughs> out everybody. And the galaxy belongs to plants now. And then, uh... Here, I'm gonna share this... Okay. This is what happens. I can't share this. Mind. Oh, I'm sorry, friend. Put it in the chat. Um, I can try. Oh, it looks like it's coming. Oh, that's our screen, though. <laughs> is this it? Can you see it? There you go. Yeah. So this happens. And then it basically kind of ends there, like with the the plants declaring the galaxy is theirs. And uh yeah, that's Empire number one. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I I, I think I think like half of that, I probably like disagree with the interpretation of the story, but I loved the re the retelling of it. Oh yeah, that's the Joe, that's the that's the the Joe monologue that. Yeah. We, we, uh... <laughs> <laughs> what What did you think of this uh, this issue, Bo? So I didn't get to finish it, but oh. thanks to because of Joe, I have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. What yeah, I did read. Uh huh. So I, I got I I. I got to where Tony Stark and Reed Richards are talking over the communicator. Yes. Yeah. And Hulkling is like, no, no, it's not like that. It's not like that, you know? And what I did read, I was compelled by. I, I, yeah. I stopped reading it because, A, I procrastinated. <laughs> and B, it's like, now I want to read everything that came before. I know I read yeah. one of them, but I didn't read the others. Yeah. And then I accidentally started reading... Avengers, um, Empire oh, Avengers, Avengers because one. yeah, that came out like this week. The same to me, like yeah, no, absolutely. It's, it's very similar cover design. Yeah, it just says Avengers instead of the Avengers A with a four. In it. Right, right. Well, it, 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 but when I did read, I was like, wow. Like I, I, I want to read. Like when Joe talked about the list of four other or six other. Yeah, that's it. That's the one that got me. That cover was striking. Like that, not that, like, because the other one, Avengers is big. I mean, Empire is bigger, and then it just has the Avengers symbol with a four. But that cover is so striking. That's when I started reading. So I wasted my, not wasted my time, but, you know. Yeah, you read that order. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, and then I went back. and But what, like I said, what I did read, I enjoyed a lot. And 
I love that cover though. That Empire Avengers. Yeah, like, yeah, it's really nice. He's not whispering the symbol in that. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is uh, yeah. So I but yeah, I, I'm all in on this. Like I felt like one of those good events of your. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I feel that that's definitely what they're trying to go for. Um, and it's it's interesting just because it's so funny when we were in our group chat and you know we were talking to Oz and you know I was talking to we, you know I'm talking about what the empire is going to be and he was like oh so it's an invasion from like DC and I'm like wait what like you know and I you know I didn't realize that invasion was like an actual DC event that happened in like the 70s or 80s cuz I didn't remember no, well, yeah, I didn't remember. I know, I know, we probably mentioned it before, but I didn't remember that. And so when I looked up Invasion, I was like, "Damn, that is the plot for Empire." And I was like, "Oh," like I just kind of let it go because I was just like, "Well, geez, I guess yeah, I guess it is going to be like Invasion." Yeah, but, and none of those, none of those people in Invasion acted like Tony Stark and Reed Richards talking over about course. what Hulkling's doing, right? You know? Right. Which was well, that's definitely the you only get from. Your Jim Zub, your Dan Slot, and yeah. who else wrote this? Uh, is it? I think it's uh, what should we call it? Um, Ewing, Al Ewing. Yeah, I Al think. Ewing. Those three yeah. dudes doing a good job because you know, I did read Avengers, half of it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, when that this ad, Avengers added so much stuff that I felt lost in just in just in the way that people the characters are handling this thing. So well, you know too though I think that that uh, like if I'm not mistaken I feel like that Avengers book like comes like deeper down in the reading order like technically like Aven Avengers Avengers um here's the reading order here but Empire Avengers takes place after or in the reading order after Empire 2 which came out today okay. as well. So All it right. makes sense that you were lost yeah. because you you technically yeah. should have read Empire it wasn't a loss where it's like, okay, I'm not enjoying this. It's a loss where it's like, you know, I gotta, I gotta take a step back and make yeah. sure I read all these. And then once I yeah. did start reading Aven Empire One, yeah, and like, you know what, I gotta read the other ones too. Yeah, and those dude. paperbacks. Yeah, like you know, like you know, we, I bought, you know, I bought a Civil War textbook during the Civil War. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, <laughs> no. more, I, here, take my money. Yeah. Like the last, the last big Marvel crossover was um, War Realms, and when I tell you that, you know, I bought the 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 strict like the War of Realms books, um, like the actual like War, War Realms proper, like one through six or one through nine or whatever. But I had no interest in reading any of like the tie-ins or any of that stuff, just because I was like War Realms itself wasn't so compelling that I was like, man, I need to know what's happening with each of these characters. Empire is the exact opposite. Like, I'm all in, too. Like, I, I bought Fantastic Four today. I bought X-Men today. I bought, um, damn it, uh, that uh, Avengers book today. And then I found out or realized that there's actually a Spider-Man tie-in that I didn't know existed. And so I was like, oh, man, I got to go find that Spider-Man tie-in, which I'm not Does sure it if it came out. Huh? Does it have a white cover? I don't know, Mo. <laughs> it might. But probably not. I but it might because it is like I, it's just just like how Empire Avengers is like number one. I think it is like Empire Spider Man number one. So who knows? It might have a white cover. Who knows? I'm gonna look on Amazon. Just be like, 
black cover and see which was if they had more than one you get in all of them yeah you know what I think is I think um no actually that can't be it I was gonna say I think Empire has a green cover but I don't think yeah that's right. I talked about it last week oh, was that Empire yeah. or was it something else oh I'm sorry no Empire but like, then we did the story during the quarantine I feel like I need to have a blue cover too then though right I'm down and a white cover Scroll and a black cover. Look, like, Death Metal has a black cover. Now I want black covers too. What? <laughs> I feel like black covers are a lot harder to draw on. <laughs> black you got covers. People. Huh? Black covers matter. Black black covers test artists' ability. Like they have to know how to use negative space. Look, I need to do it. That's it. They just I just need to, color to do it. There you go. So that'd be awesome. A Frank Miller black cover. Oh my god. Anyway, but what I will say is this, is I was bummed out a little bit because I was like, man, like, Oz is right. That is the storyline for for uh, Invasion. But they... Wait. Huh? It says Invasion was 1989. Right. And so, because what they told us was the, 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 the Kree and the Skrull are teaming up and they're heading to Earth. And it's like, you know, this big war, which I, you you mentioned really well, Jay, that, you know, the currency was kind of based on this war, which th- th- I thought that was amazing, like, which makes a lot of sense because they have been fighting forever. And it's like one of those things, like, you know, the idea that the Kree-Scroll War could be a basis for an entire galaxy's currency because it's so persistent. We're just like, you know, if there's anything you can count on, you can count on the idea that the Kree and the Skrull are fighting. And right. so you can base your entire economy around it because it's never going to not be the case. I'm like, damn, like, that makes so much sense, especially in the continuity of the actual Marvel Universe, because, like, everything that you saw, like, with the the Skrulls and how they made, like, the, the uh, Kree and... Um, the friggin' uh, Kotati, like, fight and all that kind of stuff, and that being the basis of this Kree-Skull War, like, all that is, like, that's canon, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's stuff that happened long ago in the Marvel Universe that, you know, stuff, like, most people don't even really think about. And it's kind of, like, to use that kind of stuff and to kind of show how long ago this war's been going on and that kind of be able to be the significance of why these people teaming up is such a big deal. And how the reverberation it would have through the universe is amazing. And for them to use, like, like they kind of use all of the things you know about all these races, the three races that we I just mentioned, to subvert your expectations. Because I know for me, I was actually kind of shocked by... Well, I was shocked. No, I was actually shocked. Not kind of shocked. I was actually shocked by the end of Empire 1. I did not see it coming. Because the, the Kotati are like the fact that they're a peaceful race is like their defining characteristic. Like, it's just like, that's what they do. They're peaceful. And they don't know, like, all they're trying to do is just like live and grow and help other things live and grow. And so for it to turn out the way it does at the end of this first issue, it's just like, whoa. Like, and it was just amazing. Like, the other part, what like what Mo mentioned, where you have like Reed Richards and Tony Stark going through their thought process and how, you know, obviously they're both geniuses and we know how 
amazing each of them are individually, but just kind of emphasizing how different they go about things. Like it was almost like like the little bit of the flavoring from like Civil War, but without like the major conflict aspect of it. Yeah. It's just more like yeah. they just do things different. It's and a civil like, war. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like and 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 that's the thing where it's like if it had been Reed Richards in Tony Stark's place and Tony Stark in Reed Richards' place, things would have turned out differently because they would have approached it in a completely different way. But, it, huh? Go ahead, sorry. I could say, but it was manufactured to be the way that it was. Like, it's not like, which is the part of it that makes it really amazing because, like, Marvel's been seeding things for this story for, like, a little while now. And so they're like random events that you got to see that you're like, well, I don't even understand why that's a big deal. Like, like literally they had um, Marvel incoming, which I think happened in like, like a random issue in, I want to say that might have been the beginning of 2019 or maybe like mid 2019 where they were just talking about like, you know, people talking about the trees and how, you know, like, this, how scared they were of the trees, and people were just like, what does that even mean? And now, like, it, but it was funny, because it happened so long ago, that by the time you get to Empire, it doesn't even, it didn't even occur to me that the trees were the Kotati. <laughs> you know? But a year ago, they were trying to warn you about the trees. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, man, that's wild. Like, that's so cool, because if you read all this stuff, and even like how they use, like, the swordsman, and, like, used him as, like, a way to kind of win over the Avengers. Like I said, it's like, it's not like an accident that Tony Stark was the one that they preyed upon. They know him. And they know how to use his his arrogance to their advantage to be able to make it so that he could be the one that, like, lays the foundation for their plan to be enacted. And I'm like, man, that's really cool, man. It's, I, I'm very impressed by this first issue. And I'm like, dang, like, like I, I have two here, but I haven't read it yet because I want to read them in the order that, that it says to read them because I want to go for this ride. You know what I'm saying? I bought friggin' look, I'll, I'll show you right now. I bought this joint. Um, under normal circumstances, this would probably not be a book I would have picked up. Um, because it's like, oh, well, I don't know that I need to do that, but I bought this uh, Lords Lords of Empire Emperor <laughs> Hulkling, <laughs> and I'm just like, nah, man, like, and the funny thing is, like, this book, I, I didn't get to finish it yet, but this book actually has a scene, in, like, I told you how, like, a year ago, they put the the thing where they, um, the, you know, the thing where they talked about the trees, before that, so which I'm saying must have been like maybe the end of 2018, they actually had the scene where Hulkling was talking to to um to Billy friggin' Wiccan. Because mm -hmm. you know, like Hulkling and Wiccan are a couple. Right. And talking to Wiccan about like how, like, hey, you know, I'm gonna go off into space and I'm gonna go and like try to see if I can unite the Kree and the scrolls. And, you know, it was like, when he said it, like, you know, like, it was, it, it implied that somebody had asked him to do it.
but it just seemed really silly because it was like, dude, you can't. Why would you think you can unite the Kree and the Skrulls? At the time, we didn't know that literally the races were like trying to already come to a peace, and they needed like a figurehead that was like somebody that could rule them that was like not a pure Kree or a pure Skrull because they would be like, oh well, why should this Kree get to rule us or why should the Skrull get to rule us? And so like I, he, he can rule us. Say again. I think Hulkling could rule us because he's a weird color and he has that straw yellow hair. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. He could definitely rule the, the humans if, if we get on the page. If we get on the page. If we can survive this whole Kotati thing, we might be good. <laughs> We're all one banner. Avengers World. <laughs> Hickman comes full circle. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's really interesting. And it's so funny because... Another part of this whole thing was I was like, man, like they had these um, teasers for the X-Men, like Empire X-Men, which actually came out today as well. And I was like, why? Like all the teasers were looking like the X-Men were going to be siding with like the Kree and the Skrull. That's what it looked like. That's like kind of, and obviously they're playing to our expectations again. I'm like, yeah. why would the, the X Men side with the Kree and the Scroll? But well, now that like I have treated them well, <laughs> say again, it's not like the humans have treated them well. Well, this is true, and that was kind of the in my mind. I was like, well, I guess that makes sense, you know, in the sense that they're just like, well, hey, we're looking out for our own best interests, and if we feel like, hey. You know, these people are going to come. The Kree and the Skrulls are going to come and take over. And we feel like that's the winning side. I guess the X-Men could do that. But I'm like, man, that seems very, like... It doesn't. It didn't make sense to me all the way. Because I'm like, it feels very... Like, the X-Men, I understand they're looking out for their own interests. But they're like, well, we like Earth. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> they live here, too. So it would be like, why wouldn't they... Why wouldn't they fight to protect Earth? But then... Now that we know it's the Kotati and those joints are plant people and they live on Krakoa, which is a living island, all vegetation basically. Like they're the, the X-Men's whole joint is all vegetation based. Yeah, they travel through trees. Exactly. Through living gates made of like vines and plants and stuff. And I'm just like, oh now I understand more so why they would be like, okay, well, no, man, we're good with these folks. They, they get they get it like we get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're like, if you make the whole world plants, guess what doesn't happen to us? We get to, we're good. <laughs> we're the only, we're the only people that get to keep living. <laughs> you know? And I could totally see that Krakoa could probably make some sort of peace with the Kotati, and they'd be like, oh no, you're our, you're you're good. Like, don't you all keep doing what you're doing? You get it. <laughs> you know? It's like Domino is like a quarter plant right now. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, and I don't think she's the only one. Like, you know, friggin', I'm like, no, man. Like these, like I was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. And so I'm really interested in reading that joint too, because I'm like, how does this shape up? Because who knows? Like, for all I know, like I, already issue one of this joint subverted all my expectations. So for all I know, the X Men might very well side with the the rest of the human race and be like, no, we're gonna fight them too, just in our own way. But. I was just like, man, I was yeah, I was I was pretty excited. It's it's gonna be a good event. The end. I'm excited too. <laughs> I, I didn't read as much nearly as much as you guys, but I mean it's 
it's like don't get me wrong like the reading list is extensive and by no means am I saying that oh you got to read everything because I don't think it's going to be that kind of event where you have to read everything yeah. but I do feel like it's going to be the kind of event where what you choose to read in addition will definitely help out and and I definitely will say that I like even though um they had like we we read the prelude to empire or the or like the I think it was the prelude like wait actually I'll, I'll look at look and see what it road is, to empire? it might be road to empire or whatnot but I watched the TV show on Fox Empire you're hilarious yeah, <laughs> road to empire and the scroll family right I was actually yeah. really good like yeah it was and, better than I thought it would be yes it was it was really good and while I wouldn't say that that's required reading it's a great story and I don't I think it does enhance things but I don't know that's required I will say that I feel like Avengers or Empire Avengers Zero and Empire Fantastic Four Zero I feel like you should read those if you're going to read Empire because I think it doesn't it does give you important context into what's happening it, it covers it again in Empire One but not to the same extent so you know I think that it's worth reading Like, and I will say that I do think Avengers Empire Zero is more so required reading than like say Fantastic Four Fantastic Four is a, a, a interesting a more it, it's an interesting story in and of itself but all it does more than anything is set the stage for why the Fantastic Four are where they are at the start of Empire One as opposed, which I guess it, Avengers Zero does the same thing, Avenger Empire Avengers Zero does the same thing, but it gives you much more context in regards to like what's happening and why I think, and also too I know for me it's like it it's what played to all my expect like it played to all my expectations, and so it that's what made me like made it so that it, it Empire One I think floored me even more. If I hadn't read that book, maybe I would have been, I would have felt differently. But because I read it, it put me right in the mindset to totally be like, like to be hoodwinked, <laughs> to be okie doke. <laughs> and it's like, okay, cool. Like it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this event because. So five point five. Uh. I mean, it's so hard. Like, I, here's the thing: is it a five book? I don't know if it's a five, but it's definitely a four and a half. No question on that. Like, just because it's like, I mean, there's there's little things here and there that probably could have been a little better, but you know, it's definitely one of those books, especially for an event book, where I'm just like, it is about as close to perfect as you're probably gonna get. Which you were critical about. Dan Slott's Iron Man and his Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dan Slott's Iron Man, I liked more, but his Fantastic Four, I was very disappointed in. And, you know, this is definitely one of those things, one of those instances where you might be able to, like, make a um, an argument for comics by committee. <laughs> you know, because... I mean, Al Ewing is a great collaborator. Like I've, I, I know yeah. this for a fact now because he's he's, I, and I, I feel like Marvel knows this, and that's why they put him with so many different like writers. Like he brings his own flair to things that are amazing, and I feel like 
he's able to work with other writers and artists that that in in a way that helps bring out the best in them too. So you know, but yeah, no, it's, it's a great story. Like I, I I'm really enjoying it, and I'm excited to see what happens next. So what would you rate it, Mo? I mean, I know you didn't get to finish, but from what you I read, mean, from what I read between the Road to Empire and this, mm-hmm. like. It's a four, easy. Yeah, uh, art was great. There was like one frame that I didn't, I didn't even bother screenshot because it was you fine. What it is? It's Reed Richards' face, and the shading is off, and the line work is off, and oh no, it, it's like in the third or fourth page. But you know, all the rest of the art was was good, so I, I can't be mad at it. Word, is it? Let's see. Let me see if I can find it. Because I don't know, like, I did see one where I'm just like, okay, that could be it, but is it is it this bottom panel right here? Yeah. That like, is it? Yeah, with the thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's Uh-oh. it. I, I'm trying to, uh, <laughs> I'm doing, I'm going the wrong way, there it is. Yeah, that I didn't like, and it's like, because yeah. when I look at that panel, I was like, did the artist change all of a sudden? Because, you know, yeah. sometimes in event books, this happens. So, yeah, it looks unfinished. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, ugh. But then the rest of the, the stuff before, because I even went back. Yeah. Like, is, is the rest yeah, of these pages? That to this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's like, I was so disgusted by it that I went back to like, <laughs> is, has it always been bad and it's just good writing? And then no, that wasn't the case. Like, is the rest of the book going to be like this? I, I the letter should be. You want a better view of that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. You said his name was Shitty? Yeah, you know Valero Shitty. Valero Shitty? <laughs> yeah. Shitty? Listen, what, you think I'm making stuff up? Like, isn't that how you say this name? It's just weird that his art is a little inadequate and his name is Shitty. No, but we know this artist, don't we? Like, have a, I'm pretty sure he's, he's done a lot of stuff. That's how you say that, right? Shitty? Valero Shitty. <laughs> Look, I, I've never heard of that name. I, I would have pounced on that like flies all shitty. Is there a, <laughs> is there a, a, a um editor with the last name Shitty? I feel like there's a guy. I've who... never heard of anybody with a name Shitty. Like I would have had a much better life if I would have known somebody's out there walking around with a last name Shitty. No, he he does a lot of work at Marvel, and it's usually yeah. it's usually really good. So. Oh, but you got to hit the high. There you go, Jay. Bam. Uh-oh. Okay, there we go. Bam. You got to zoom in. Oh, I don't know. Can we zoom in, Jay? He has a zoom in button. Oh, there you go. Dang, Jay. Why am I even doing this? <laughs> <laughs> why look, why why don't I let Jay? I'm mad at you. <laughs> Jay, man. I'm like, Jay, you could have been doing this the whole this you son of a bitch. Jay doesn't <laughs> want this show to be good. Why am I up here holding up comics and Jay has guided views? Son of a bitch. <laughs> now, on its own, that face, if I it was, if it was in a com- comic where the art style was stylized like that, yeah. Yeah. I'd be okay. But it's not when terrible that thing, art, but it looks different than everything that else. Thing is standing right there, Daniel yeah. looking like McFarlane thing. And he's right here looking like that. It's like this is two people drawing the same panel. Like, All right. 
Right. Yeah, that's so funny, man. Up. But the rest of it was good. It's just that one picture that looks a little weird. Hey, listen. The fact that I was able to point it out without you telling me, that speaks volumes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, okay. Like, that's definitely... Uh, oh, Lord, Jay. Joe's like, I'm go going into the infinite tunnel. Ah. <laughs> ah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And Jay, what would you give Empire number one? Um, I would give it a four. Yeah. Like, I liked it. Like, I thought yeah. it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's interesting just because, um, like, obviously, I feel like you can say a lot about, uh, about CB. <laughs> Sebulski. Sebulski? How do you say his last name? Sobolski? Yeah, that's but, what I say. Sebulski. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, he definitely came in kind of trying to see if he could try to recapture some of that classic Marvel feel. And so far, like, this, this feels like a classic Marvel kind of crossover. And then, you know, I know that um, we're getting ready to go into um, the X-Men, like, uh, Ten of Swords, which is like feels like a really classic kind of X Men crossover, where it's like literally like one each ch like a like two chapters in each of like the four or five X books. So it's like a twelve parter joint, which for some people is gonna be like, dude, what? But at the same time, it's like if you grew up reading X Men, that's kind of what you came to expect for the X crossover each year like once a year you're gonna like know like just a story is gonna be told in every x book and you got to pick every book up to get each subsequent chapter and so it's like yeah it, it's it's feeling good like i'm hoping the quality of the book stays stays good uh and you know we'll see what happens with with the rest of the like the characters and all that kind of stuff but so far yeah like i'm digging empire you know, the, I guess the only thing that I can say is just like it took us a while to get here because of obviously like COVID put everything off track, but it feels like yeah. things are finally getting back on track. Like Empire is coming out now. Uh, a whole bunch of X books came out today because, and which is for me, that was one of the big things because, of course, I'm, I'm just reading X Men and this is like the best X Men has been in a while. And uh, it but felt Outlawed like. started yet. Say again? Outlawed hasn't started yet. That's true. Even though Outlaws, Outlawed is supposed to be on the horizon, I think. But at the same time, I, I don't know. Like, there are a lot of things that were supposed to happen that did get canceled. And they're not getting, like, official, um, like, release, like, press release cancellations. But they're quietly getting canceled because, obviously, everybody took a hit because of COVID. So... You know, it's unfortunate. Like, there was um, an X-Factor book that was supposed to come out that I was really anticipating that might be canceled. I don't know. Um, there was another X-Men book that was supposed to come out, too. That Oh, you know what it was? It was um, remember we did the story about that Children of the Atom book where it was kind of like if the X-Men had sidekicks and it was like kind of like the kids of, like, different X-Men? It was like a... I think uh, I do remember. Yeah, I remember talking about it, but I remember it being that. But now I do. 
I mean, well, now I know. <laughs> like the 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 cover had like a a a young lady that looked like if it was like if Storm and Gambit had had a kid, and yeah, there was like a whole. It was basically like it looked like a whole bunch of like characters, like if the X Men had kids with the people that they hadn't been in relationships with before. <laughs> you know, and and so you know, it was one of those things like it looked interesting, and I was definitely wanting wanting to read it, but I think that that's been canceled as well. Um, you know, it's not canceled, and it's still coming out of Strange Academy. Yeah, Strange. I actually got issue two. Issue two was good. I, it might even be better than one. Yeah, it was a good book. It was a good. You should definitely do it. You should. It's worth. It's worth your time. So. Yeah, man. So, uh, should we do some news before we get out of here? I think let's call it a day. It's, it's... okay. Yeah, no, no, that's fair. It's, it's late <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's late enough. Um, all right. Well, shoot. Let's do some final thoughts, and then we'll get out of here. Let's see. No, 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 no. <laughs> Jay, give us some final thoughts, buddy. Um, Glitch Hex Season 1B is coming out August 13th. So check that out. Word. Moses Magnum, final thoughts. Stay tuned for uh, Comic Con Spectacular. All you gotta do is uh, subscribe to us here on YouTube and hit that bell button, and you'll you'll be the first to see it. That's what I'm talking about. For the entire Fantastic Forum, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We do appreciate you. We'll be back next week. Uh, until then, for the entire Fantastic Forum, we thank you. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, in the meantime, also feel free to go ahead and. Uh, subscribe, like Moses said, to our YouTube channel because obviously we got content coming up here. <laughs> also, uh, feel free to check us out on uh, Instagram, Fantastic Forum on Instagram. And uh, is there anywhere else that they should check us out or subscribe to us, Moses? Uh, yeah, uh, Fantastic Forum Live. Fantastic Forum Live. I love it. Cool. This is Fantastic Forum. Until next week, we're out. I feel like you got to wave on video. <laughs> yeah. Working relationship. After about hello, a decade hello. as a film agent, Colson Company's Nick Fury check, check, to investigate check, check. a mysterious uh, woman who crash landed into a blockbuster video in 19. So, uh, yeah. Before we we do all that, though, we want to make sure that we thank Mr. Scott Rubin, who, without him, this show wouldn't have been a thing. So thanks, Scott. We appreciate you, buddy. Uh, also, uh, we, we should tell you how it is you can get down with Fantastic Forum, right? There's a few different ways to do it. Here's how. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Uh-oh. Mo's like, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Mo I was laughing at Joe trying not to laugh.
Joe, why were you trying not Sorry. to laugh? Why were you trying not to laugh? What were you trying no. not to laugh at, Joe? You trying not to laugh at me? I'm sensitive today. Is it me? No. I was just remembering a scene from Close Enough. Well, you got to hold on to like that. No, 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 no. Hey, Jay, hey, Jay, Jay, Jay. That's enough. We're going to... If it's from Close Enough, we review that later. So we need to we need to know during the review what was so funny that it made you laugh that you had to interrupt the whole show. <laughs> got it? Technically, he didn't interrupt it. Oh, no, no, no. He interrupted you... Which interrupted the show. So I'm blaming the root of the problem, which is close enough. We should cancel it. Is this what it is this what it feels like when I berate you? This is exactly what it feels like. I don't like it. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, here's the lady. Call Fantastic Forum on Skype and join the fun. Too shy to call in? That's okay. You can join the Discord chat room available at allgames.com slash live. Join the party. You know you want to. There it is. So you got Skype. If you're too shy, you can get on chat and just put stuff in chat. And we have a chat room at Discord and on YouTube. But if you're the opposite of shy and you're like, hey, man, I can do this better than everybody that's doing it right now. You can hit that link in the description and you can come into the show. We'll bring you into the show. We can hold up to like six more people. So if you have opinions on any of the news stories that we're about to talk about, if you have opinions on the old guard, close enough, hotel with two L's, uh, death metal, any of that, we want to hear it. Or if you just have an opinion on something that's totally unrelated, I'll bring you in then too, but it won't be like necessarily as soon as you jump into chat so or as soon as you jump in the studio so you know give it a moment i i see you just simmer and i'll bring you in i promise oh gents it's good to be back here with you all yeah man i i you know th this is th we're back in quarantine and i was itching to do the daily shows again but i don't know i have more i have different ideas i'll tell you guys after okay look but there it is i think uh, Mo, Mo likes teasing the audience with things that they'll never, they'll never or they won't necessarily. You'll never get around to doing it. <laughs> well, no, we might get around to doing it, but you, listen, it's one of those things where it's like, you know how Fantastic Forum does. We'll mess around and have like, you know, six good ideas and maybe we implement one. So, yeah. you know. Hey, but I'll say this, slowly but surely, it's all coming together. Like, this was a long time coming, but it happened. Yeah, but, you know, it will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not here yet. Jo Joe's been talking about us being on YouTube for like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now we're all on YouTube. I wish we would have done it when I was thinner. <laughs> oh, man. I, you mean like before we started doing the show? <laughs> I'm messing with you, Oz. Ah, you funny ass. Wait, Look, you're, you're, you're skinnier than me, Oz. He's like, yeah, we should have done this when I was a size. Yeah, but I, I was 10. 